When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Ducks fans. Welcome back to another episode of The Quack Report. My name's Carter. I'm joined by Nate. We don't have any Ducks games to talk about, so this is going to be the... And we're done. Okay, see you Quack Report? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. What do we call it now, since there's no Ducks stuff? Quack Report, we're not in it playoff edition. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Which has been the last two years of this show as well. It's been the entirety of this show. Yeah. Man, it's going to be fun when we actually get to make the playoffs. Oh God, it's gonna be it's gonna be insane. I'm gonna have so much fun. We're gonna be absolutely hammered on the show. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I might every, as well just stay time. hammered for like the whole two weeks, two months, however long the ducks exactly. are in the playoffs. Yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. <laughs> and then just have the worst hangover ever at the end of the two months. But at least it won't be like daily hangovers, you know. True. Can't be hung over if you're still going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's yeah. a horrible mentality. Please don't take anybody take that seriously. Please do not do that. We're totally joking. But. Yeah. Uh, just as uh, I was waiting for things to get started, I watched the video you, you sent me. The oh, yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man, not my problem, where he just watches the kids get run over by the truck. And Is that in the first one or the second one? Uh, it's from the second movie. Okay. So, yeah, the, yeah, the kids in the street is from the second movie. Because remember, he tosses the pizzas. And he like dives, saves the kids, and then like some guy had found the pizzas on the edge of his building, and so he like steals one, and that's when he's late, oh, right, he gets right, right. fired. And uh, actually, I guess speaking of, and then oh yeah, and the hot dog part is later when he doesn't have his powers, and he sees the cops go by, and he's like, oh yeah, I don't got to do anything. I'm just gonna eat the hot dog. Which fun fact was a vegan hot dog because Toby Maguire is vegan. Oh, I didn't know that. See, I can tell you this stuff, but again, it's I've said it a few times. I can tell you this kind of useless knowledge, but school and like actual important stuff (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) my brain just like compartmentalizes that kind of stuff and it's just like yeah but like the school and like the important stuff yeah it it, it doesn't it doesn't matter that's not going to be interesting at dinner parties pretty much (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) but you know memorizing lyrics from emo bands in the mid 2000s is interesting dinner conversation 100 (laughs) percent. so and also with the spider-man stuff as well yesterday was the 20th anniversary of the original spider-man movie oh wow and today i believe is the 15th anniversary of spider-man 3 i think i saw and it's also made it's it's may the 4th so it's star wars day so happy star wars day everybody yeah do we have a May the fourth be with you. We have a we have a Star Wars. Oh, that's, a, that's a Star Wars keyboard noise. Yeah, Wilhelm scream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I had another one. Um, oh no, I don't. We got uh, Allie saying quack quack checking in from guess where? I know Allie because I saw it already on Twitter. Actually, Allie is at game one of the Gulls and the Ontario Rain. 
Nice. So Allie's going to have to keep us updated. Uh, I guess Allie can run the Gulls update for this episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because I like I went to like fill in the stuff, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, playoffs should be starting now and that kind of thing. And it's like, oh, yeah, game one starts like like puck drop was right when we started. Like we're maybe five minutes into the game at this point. So nice. Yeah. So, well, Allie, you got to keep us updated in the chat. All right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, I will promise to keep us updated to the second for the uh, Kings and Oilers game. Even though this isn't a watch along, I will. Uh, <laughs> I will. I'll, I'll keep the scores. We don't updated. care about that. We don't care about that. <laughs> yeah, Ducks fans care if the the. Uh, it's the Edmonton Kings are doing and, shitty, and the other so. California team. We don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not all the way through it yet. Speaking of playoffs in California hockey and that sort of thing. Um, but I did come across, it was a kind of like a documentary about the 2007 run for the Stanley cup. Oh, and yeah. I'm about halfway through it. Uh, just getting to the finals right now. I was just watching it when I was at the gym today uh, on the treadmill or that. And uh, it's been really interesting so far. It's just, it's fun looking back at that kind of stuff. I love the behind the scenes kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they have interviews with uh, Brian Burke, Randy Carlisle, uh, Eric Stevens, who now works for the Athletic, and like a bunch and like a bunch of the uh, the players, obviously, gets and Perry were fresh in the league still, bringing in the Niedermeyers mm-hmm. and everything like that. So um, it's it's been a fun watch so far. I'm almost done yeah. it. Like I said, I got about a half an hour left. It's only about an hour and ten documentary. I don't remember if I sent it to you, Carter, but no, you didn't. Um, but okay, I'll, like I'll send. I'll, yeah. yeah, I'll send it your way. So, but yeah, if you got like an hour, hour and fifteen, you can find it pretty easily on uh, on YouTube. So yeah, definitely okay. go check that out though if you want to walk down memory lane. So cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome to watch. Yeah. So, what's been going on? I guess the last couple of days. Uh, well, I'm officially done my semester. Well, and my Ooh. university career. Yeah. That a boy. Yeah. Hell yeah. Had my midterm Tuesday, uh, yeah, Tuesday morning, I guess. So that was uh, a late night with the watch along, but um, and then somewhat relatively early morning for my final. But mm-hmm. I did it, did I passed? So there you go, all good. That's, That's all what matters. matters. Yeah, right. So you get C's get degrees. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, those one... do also, I think. I think maybe I don't know. I don't know. It depends because, like, with the uh, with the program programs i guess that we're in like you need c's for kind of the core classes and then yeah like c minus and then everything else you just have to pass so yeah yeah so c's get degrees and a few d's also get degrees yeah but depends on what you're doing so yeah yeah Yeah, exactly but yeah this was one of those classes that's just like it's not like i don't give a shit about it at all it's just like one of those upper (laughs) level classes that you have to take yeah Uh, so and the teacher oh my god the professor was awful like so oh, no. <laughs> bad for it. Like, oh no! <laughs> I, I went to class like for the the first like little bit of the semester before exam one, and like I I could not pay attention. I tried my absolute hardest to listen <laughs> and take notes, and I would just like be off somewhere else. And then like it was brutal. It was the driest shit I've ever heard. Like, and you're really good at the school stuff. I know. So like hearing this actually kind of surprises me coming from you. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. Like, like, it this, had to have been dry for you to be like, I'm not here. Yeah, like, exactly. Here. <laughs> it was awful. So I, I was like, and then I did, I did like really well on the first test because like I didn't pay attention. Then I was like, oh shit, like I just got to like go through some of these practice problems. And I was like kind of teaching myself 
how to do it because I had to go back through the slides and be like, okay, like how do I actually do this? Because I yeah. got nothing from the professor. And I got like a 90-something on the that first test. So I was like, <laughs> fuck, I don't need the teacher. So I didn't go to class and I still got 90s just fucking doing the practice problems. Oh, <laughs> so like I said, <laughs> wait, absolute waste of a class. <laughs> Useless. I, I had something similar with another class of mine. It wasn't that the content was dry or anything like that. I did actually enjoy the content. But after the whole like lockout that we had, right, when mm-hmm. we came back, the prof was, he had already kind of told us before. He's like, I don't really believe in tests or that kind of thing, right? Like, yeah. he's like, it's just a, it's just you memorizing for the sake of memorizing. He's like, I'd rather you try to actually take something from this class if 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 you are, besides just that it's a requirement for the degree. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and if there's something that interests you, you know, like we can go farther into that, like in other classes, like in like, uh, like just outside of that class. And so he made his quizzes and that like really easy to do. And so when we came back, he was just like, okay, we can like, you can continue. Like he kind of emailed to everybody of like, you can continue to come to class if you want, or if you want to just do it at your own pace. That's fine as well. Just let me know. Mm-hmm. And so I just, because I kind of knew the system for his quizzes and whatnot, I just wrote every quiz. I think it was like eight quizzes I still had to write for the semester. Oh, yeah. I wrote them all in one day. It was like 180 questions or something like that. And uh, just kind of, yeah, got it out of the way without overly looking at the slides too much, but was still like reading through the slides at least once kind of thing before mm-hmm. I wrote everything and whatnot. And yeah, I mean, like, like I said, there was a lot of interesting stuff there and, uh, and that sort of thing. But yeah, just kind of one of those classes where you're just like, I don't really need anything else. Like I didn't really need the class time. It just kind of expanded on what was there. So mm-hmm. but, yeah. so a little bit different from what you had, but yeah, same yeah. kind of idea of like, yeah, it was more just, I don't, so, I don't, don't need, the need class. it. Yeah. yeah. It, so yeah, it is, it is kind of different, but yeah. yeah, but yeah, like still same sort of sentiment where you're just like, if I don't have to go, I'm not. Going. I'm not going. Yeah. So it, sa- it saved my Tuesday nights because it was a night class. So oh like, yeah, and once a week, so it's like three hours, right? So like yeah. six to oh, nine. Yeah. So Tuesday, and that's like prime hockey time. Tuesday night is like the busy exactly. night for hockey's games yeah. start like five or seven usually where we are. So that's exactly. uh, that's an important as we time ha- as we have games going on right now, and we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, trying exactly. to follow. I'm trying to follow <laughs> along with what's going on here. So uh, if there's, I guess, anybody watching who's uh, who, who's curious. Um, three minutes left in the third period. Hurricanes are up four one on the Bruins. Okay. Uh, at the third period is just about to start for the Lightning and Maple Leafs. The Lightning are up three one. And uh, Corey, sure? yep. And Corey Perry has the second goal for Tampa Bay. For all the for all the Where, Duck fans out there, you might want to refresh your app because I have a notification from two minutes ago that the Lightning are up five three. Oh right Jesus now. Christ! Okay, let's, let's <laughs> and, that, and that the Hurricanes game ended five two. Yes, you are correct. Holy okay. crap! Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Wait, does please tell me Matthews has goals? That I don't know. Marner, Kerfoot, damn it! I got a I got a bet on Matthews scoring two tonight. <laughs> oh yeah, which will give me a nice payday, but I don't think it's going to be happening. Yeah, there's two uh, minutes yeah, left in the not. third period, so I mean, yeah. unless he. Austin, uh, you never unless know. You, you never Austin know. if you want to go tie the game, that'd be great, bud. <laughs> <laughs> You'd make a lot of Maple Leafs and myself happy. Yeah. Um, do you have the score in the Minnesota-St. Louis game? Uh, Minnesota is up 2 nothing right now with oh, six dang. minutes left in the first period. Cool. Oh, yes, I just got the 2 nothing notification. So, 
Cool. So, and obviously we'll get into all of the game ones uh, later on in the episode here. So, yeah, that's a, so really just to kind of wrap it up with the exception of the Bruins, it looks like at least as of right now, and I know the wild game is early, but it looks like kind of a bounce back night for two out of the three teams that have started so far. Yeah, exactly. So that'll be cool. Series um, tied one one for yeah, it'll it'll look that way at least. So and obviously the Oilers and Kings haven't started just yet. No, they so. are doing the anthem. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I saw that Lauren joined the chat a few minutes ago. Welcome, Lauren. Hey, Lauren. Good to see you again. Um, yeah, that's uh, I, I guess should we get into a little bit of Ducks news? The, the Ducks were kind of busy actually the first half of this week so yeah kind of surprising so yeah let's do it uh let's start i think with kind of the big one in the front office ducks hiring hope i'm saying this right rob demayo rob demayo i think think so demayo i think so i'm gonna go with demayo even though it's not like m-a-y-o i'm gonna go with yeah because i'm a little bit a little bit snacky so Rob DeMeo for the assistant GM job. Um, and he'll also serve as the head GM for or lead GM, main GM, not assistant GM uh, <laughs> for the San Diego Gulls as well. So, um, yeah, I, I I don't know a ton about Rob um, and besides just kind of what I've read from the athletic article that it looks like you have also read. Yeah. Um, but from what I've seen, looks like a good hire. Looks like people mm-hmm. are... Um, excited about this hire. So um, I know you've got a little bit more info on him. So do you want to take it away here, Nate? Yeah, so he's definitely got a background with uh, with players, obviously, throughout the NHL. Uh, he's had a lot of scouting roles throughout his career, and he spent, he spent the last 13 years of his 14 years in an executive position uh, as the director of player personnel with the St. Louis Blues. And of course, was part of their cup-winning team in uh, in 2019. There, so mm-hmm. um, and yeah, so with that, along with all of his scouting, right? Yeah, he he knows about a lot of the players throughout the league and that sort of thing. So he's gonna, I think, be a major asset as uh, as an assistant GM there to Pat Verbeek, especially going into this year with free agency and everything like that, right? And potential yeah. trades in the future and whatnot. Yeah, th- this pairing for sure of. Uh, of DeMeo and Verbeek, it really entices me actually. So I'm uh, mm-hmm. quite excited for it. For sure. uh, before he was an AGM or before he, you know, did all his executive stuff, uh, DeMeo, DeMeo did play in the NHL as well. He was drafted in uh, 1984 by the Islanders, oh, cool. playing almost 900 games in oh, his damn. career. So that's good. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's definitely, yeah. He, he definitely knows the industry. That's for sure. So yeah. and has yeah, watched so. it and has watched its evolution and everything like that. So, mm-hmm. The exciting thing to me about this is that um, the it, from the Athletic article, and I didn't actually realize this, but Bob Murray, when he was GM of the Ducks, was also the GM for the Gulls. Um, so he was doing both roles there, which I don't think is totally uncommon in the NHL. Yeah, no, I don't think. But, yeah, no. I don't think uncommon. But it says that DeMeo, well, DeMeo is going to be the GM of the Gulls, freeing up. Verbeek a little bit, I think, to focus more on the main club. Uh, but yeah. still, obviously, with DeMeo working as assistant GM, there will be a lot of communication between the two. So it's kind of like Verbeek. Verbeek will definitely have an influence on how the Gulls team looks, but he doesn't have to kind of deal with the day-to-day general manager operations of the Gulls. So 
that personally is very exciting to me that we'll have a functional GM in both of these clubs, but mm-hmm. they're separate people. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's really cool. Yeah, and I think it works out. It'll work out well as well being the AGM of the Ducks and the GM of the Gulls that <clears throat> he'll have a better idea of maybe what guys are ready to take the next step, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because he'll sure. kind of be that bridge between the two instead of you know going between two GMs that are like completely separate entities almost. Yeah, um, it's oh okay, this is my coworker, this is my partner in crime for this team, but he also runs this, mm-hmm. right? So. Um, yeah, yeah, I think this is a great setup. Honestly. Yeah, it'll be good. So, uh, Pat Verbeek did say as well. Uh, just he talked about uh, hiring uh, Rob DeMa- uh, Rob DeMeo as well. Uh, Quote: Rob brings a wealth of experience and expertise to our front office. He's helped build a Stanley Cup winning club, and he will play an integral part, uh, an integral role for us in all areas of hockey operations moving forward. That's of course coming from uh, the Athletic ar- uh, article by the Athletic staff that was posted yesterday. May third. Nice. The, the there's one thing you mentioned there that is one of two things that I am really excited for with uh, bringing Rob DeMeo in. One was the uh, winning culture that he's established with his time in St. Louis. He knows what a winning team looks like. He has a role in building a winning team. So that's one of the things that I'm really looking forward to, and I think will be great for the Ducks long term. The second thing is that he's just a fresh pair of eyes on all mm. of these guys. Um, because, I mean, we've we've had Dallas Eakins for going, or he's going to be going into his fourth year with the club. Before that, Bob Murray had been around for however many years. Like, his kind of executive group had been there for a while. But yeah. it's not just Verbeek coming in and replacing Bob Murray. Verbeek is slowly kind of turning over the whole executive group. So... Mm-hmm. It's an entirely fresh perspective. And like I think there's still a few guys that are sticking around, but mainly Dallas Eakins and the assistant coaching staff and all that. Yeah, but, which that which that was announced the other day as well that uh Jeff Ward and um oh, I always forget the other guy as well. Uh, <laughs> anyway, both assistant coaches that were hired this past summer mm-hmm. are going to be staying with the club as well. Yeah. There there was a third name in there as well that um that was like an assistant coach that he, he's been there for multiple yeah, and he'll, years. And he'll be yeah. staying around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I, I'm excited for that because I think that was a huge part of why Dallas Eakins is back next year <laughs> is those yeah. assistant coaches. So a hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, those, uh, those two things, the, um, the winning culture that he established in St. Louis and then a fresh pair of eyes, I think are huge intangibles, I guess, for Rob DeMeo, um, and what he's going to bring to the club here. So. Yeah, hundred percent. And I'm just reading further on into the uh, into the article here. I wasn't logged in actually, so there's parts of it that uh, were hidden from my eyes for a moment. But mm-hmm. uh, Eric Stevens, who's uh, a beat writer for the Ducks on the Athletic as well, um, was just talking about like how this will kind of change the structure a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just he's going to fill the vacancy with the AHL team. And um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Todd uh, Marchant, Marchant, who uh, it will no longer be with the organization now, actually. Um, He, yeah, Marchant had joined after retiring as a player with Anaheim in 2011. Uh, He became their director of player development and then moved into the role of director of player personnel uh, in more recent years. But yeah, he will not uh, be with the organization anymore, it looks like. I believe it's more referring to San Diego. 
Um, yeah, I don't remember what yeah. his role was. So, yeah. But yeah, cool. So it's it's exciting times actually. Like as much as you know, the the last what third of the season just dragged pretty much, right? Losing mm-hmm. streaks and everything like that, and a lot of questions in the air. I think we're getting quite a few things answered actually pretty pretty quickly here in these last sure. couple of weeks. And obviously more answers will be uh be given as well going into trade or not trade deadline. Uh <laughs> going into uh free agency and the draft mm-hmm. and that sort of thing of like what this team could look like uh, yeah. in a couple in the next couple of years here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh hey Marcus, thanks for joining. Good to see you again. Just wanted to shout you out there. Um yeah, uh, I guess uh, we can move on to the next piece of news here. Ducks assigning Olin Zellweger to the San Diego Gulls after his um, WHL team, the Everett Silvertips, were eliminated from the playoffs. Um, Zellweger, if you need a refresher, was the 34th overall pick in 2021. Um, our second round pick, he's a defenseman. Um, could be a future you know, second pairing guy behind Drysdale or potentially first pairing guy with Drysdale. So mm-hmm. I think is kind of his potential. He's he looks really, really good. So Oh yeah, he really was looking good this season. Uh yeah, with the Everett Silver Tips. Uh Zellweger led all Canadian hockey league teams. So that's the WHL where he plays, mm-hmm. the Ontario Hockey League, and the Quebec League. He led all three of those leagues uh, in defense for defensemen in points, having 14 Damn. goals and 78 points. How many defensemen do you hear are a 1.42 point per game? Kale McCarr, <laughs> Roman Yossi, <laughs> Victor Hedman, <laughs> those, oh, those type of guys. And uh, he led in assists as well with fifth uh, in 55 games with Everett. Uh, he set single season career highs in scoring and recorded the most points by an Everett defenseman in franchise history, was named to the WHL's U.S. Division Player of the Year, um, which is voted on by the league's general managers and was a finalist for WHL Player of the Year. Uh, Just to add even more to what he did this year, uh, Zellweger recorded the highest point per game among 18-year-old WHL defensemen over the last 32 seasons, oh, and shit. which is the most since a familiar name. Scott Niedermeyer recorded a 1.44 point per game in the 1990-91 season. So there's a little bit of a connection there with, you know, former a little bit. Nieder, Scott Niedermeyer and future Doc Olin Zellweger. Uh, among WHL defensemen, he led in points, assists, and ranked third in plus-minus. Um, finished the regular season with 19 points in the last 10 games. Eight of those games being multi-point efforts. Shit. Um, as well as scoring nine points with a plus-four rating. We don't normally get into plus-minus too much, um, but it's still notable here. Uh, nine mm. points in six playoff games tied for second among all league defensemen in postseason scoring and assists. Obviously that's going to change now because Everett's eliminated, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, he's, so he's appeared in 125 uh, WHL games between 2019 and 2022 uh, with 103 points in 125 games, a plus 70 rating and only 33 penalty minutes. 
all right. Those this are, kid those is are, those are pretty good. <laughs> it's been so fun, like keeping up on the stats of him throughout the season, and just like seeing the ridiculousness that he's pulling off. Pretty much, like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he helped Canada to a gold medal at the 2021 U18 World Championship, uh, where he was tied for the tournament league or lead, sorry, among defensemen with. Uh, eight points and a plus eight rating in seven contests. So mm-hmm. even in international play, he was a, above a point per game. Yeah, I. This is the definition of an offensive defenseman. <laughs> absolutely, I, I was pretty sure that he um, played for Canada in the World Juniors as well, um, and he did play in both of the games. So we will get a chance to see him again um, when the tournament restarts. Mm-hmm. Um, potentially, in, in potentially, but mo- yeah, uh, we'll say most likely because. Yeah. Um, that, that's I, I that's feel like weird, he would want to go back. Yeah, to, that's just the that, weird so. thing with the tournament getting rescheduled for August, right? Is because you're going to have some of these guys uh, like McTavish and Zellweger, if we're talking about the Ducks specifically, mm-hmm. who you're not sure if their GMs are actually going to want them to go considering the NHL season would start less than two months after that, right? Because I believe it's like middle to end of August is the World Juniors. So in the middle, that, that's cut, I think. Yeah. Or in the middle, yeah. So like, it's cutting it close. So yeah, no, it is. It's going to sure. be interesting yeah. to see I, if we're, if like if every team, not even just like Team Canada, Team USA, mm-hmm. are going to have similar rosters or like how I how identical they'll be to what we saw originally uh, Boxing Day there last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's going to be awesome to watch Zellweger in the AHL playoffs. I think um, and, and see what he can do in San Diego because. Um, well, it'll I think kind of be a preview for next season because he uh, does he have to return to Everett next year or uh, uh, I, don't I don't believe think... he has to because no. he is eighteen. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, what I it, so. Okay. So sorry, he would have to return. No. Yes, he would have to return to Everett if he doesn't stick with the big club. Yeah. 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 That's what I meant. Yeah. He can't okay, go. Sorry. He yeah, can't my... go to the AHL. Yeah. So. Yeah. But sorry. It's, my, my, it's my twenty. Is that when you can? Uh, um, 20 or 21. I should know this. Yeah, because 21, you're an overage yeah. in the WHL. So I think... Oh, I think it's 21. Oh, yeah. Sorry, 21 would be... I think so, yeah. Or is it 20? You're an overage. I, I No, because most guys let get me, in... Let me double 17. check this. Yeah. I normally need to know double this, check. But... Yeah. I, I think at most, you can have like five years in the WHL if you play when you're 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20. Uh, and, per but AHL most guys do by, years. Yeah, per AHL bylaws, the age limit for eligibility to compete in the AHL is 18 years or over. Um, yeah, let's see. Who can play where and why by the NHL uh, from 2016? Yeah, I don't think... Uh, you you ramble on about something then, and so. I will, I will, I'll figure it out here quick. Okay, sounds good. Um Oh, sorry. Okay. okay. I, already found it. I already found it. You're all good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, so the rule of like the 20 year old player rule. So yeah, 20. The rule is based on the NHL and a CHL agreement, uh, which states a signed player 18 or 19 who was claimed from an, uh, from a CHL club and is not retained by the NHL club must be assigned to the CHL junior club whom he last played for or owes a contractual obligation. So yeah, 20 years old. That's when you can go play in the American league. So next year, uh, if Zellweger it 
you know, plays his nine games and they send him back kind of like McTavish this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll head back to Everett. So he has okay. a chance to still gotcha. make his career stats in the WHL just even more crazy. Yeah. So. Um, in the in the CHL then, is it 20 years old is an overage player? I um, believe so. Yes, it is. You can have yeah. three 20 year old or over players. So yeah, which that, that, that lines up been, with that agreement. So. Yeah, I've always, if it's if it's there, does that include goaltenders? Um, you know what? I don't know. Um, like would it, like would it be like two like two skaters and a goaltender, or could you have three skaters and a goaltender? Um, it doesn't. I know. Yeah, because I know. Like, say it just says okay. twenty year old or over players per team. So it, yeah. It just okay. So players. I so I so feel I'm like. I feel like it, it would be like two and a goalie if you wanted to go that route. Yeah. So just because I know we've had um, Tiger teams that have kept around a goalie into their in in their twenty years. So yeah, like in their yeah, they're they're extra, they're they're overager. There you go. Yeah. So. Um, maybe I'll I'll do a quick search for that with goalies. Um, okay. Oh, um, you know, potentially you can have a fourth if it is a goalie. Uh, oh no! This no, sorry. This is looking at adding a fourth overage spot. No, okay, never mind. okay. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah so it sounds like it's three, just three in general. Goalie. Okay. I also didn't realize this, but you can only have up to four sixteen-year-olds um, as well. I didn't know that there was a limit on that. I just kind of assumed that you didn't want to pump your roster full of sixteen-year-olds. But well, yeah, which makes sense because they are technically underage in that league. Um, yeah, and yeah. yeah, and I mean, you can always you can easily tell who the 16 year olds are like the call-ups are like t- are typically the 16 year olds and they mm. still have to wear the full cage they aren't allowed to wear the visors just yet yeah um which is different to college hockey for the states where you wear a cage throughout college they don't mm. get to wear visors until uh until the nhl or yeah. like just professional hockey i guess mm-hmm. so yeah which is because which is a, it's a weird thing that the college considers the CHL um, a professional development league. So you can, it, it's a weird kind of one way track of you could have an NCAA player in the States transfer to a CHL club. Um, I know there is an example. Um, uh, Tyler Pitlick, I think, was one. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, uh, where he was playing in the states originally for a college, I don't remember who, but and then he came up to the Medicine Hat Tigers of the WHL. But you can't do the opposite. As soon as you play one game or one like one second even of uh, CHL hockey, your eligibility for the NCAA is taken from you. Mm. Um, and the reason I the reason I knew that part actually uh, at first was because. Uh, one of my cousins was called up to the Tigers and he was playing as the, he was just that as the backup goalie. Mm-hmm. And they were assured though, that like, unless he was absolutely needed, they weren't going to put him in the pipes because they wanted to keep that option open to play in the States. So, yeah. Yeah. So it, also it's not like if you get like, it, it, like you can practice with them technically and like, yeah. Um, and like sit on the bench, but it's, once you get as, that as, first yeah. time on ice, second, yeah, gotcha. Then your eligibility for the NCAA is gone. Gotcha. Yeah, I didn't know that actually, but it's interesting. Um, the um, before we get into the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Ducks did their exit interviews. 
Um, so I, I, I don't know um, much about what, uh, what went on there. So uh, I'm going to leave this up to you, Nate, um, if there was anything of interest to discuss here. Yeah, sure. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, different players. I was just kind of reading through the article that was on the uh, Ducks website. And so there's a different range of things talked about, you know, like individual performance and growth, uh, how the season went, kind of their uh, expectations for next year and that sort of thing. Mm. And uh, so there's, you know, there's a couple key players, obviously, that were that were talked to. Kevin Chattenkirk, uh, Trevor Zegras, Dallas Eakins was talked to as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting reading Anthony Stellars' comments, I thought, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'll start with, you know, just the a couple of players just talking about their team season and that. And if you want to read all of these uh, quotes plus more, obviously it's on the uh, Anaheim Ducks website in their news section. So I'm just going to kind of pick and choose in certain areas here. Uh, but I like this quote from Kevin Shattenkirk on the team season. Uh, he said, quote, we've shown this year we could be a suffocating offense. We have great four checkers up front, guys who apply a, uh, a lot of pressure. It's a matter of everyone staying connected. When things are going well, it's seamless. It's everyone... Uh, everyone is doing their job and everyone is on their respective marks, taking care of things as a unit of five. Uh, it's when we get disconnected that you start to see things uh, falling apart. That's a simple way to put it, which yeah, that's, I mean, obviously internal analysis and everything like that. Mm. Right. But that's what we've yeah. been, that's what we were saying from the outside, seeing from the outside. Yeah. Can we get Kevin as the head coach for this team? Because it seems like he knows what the fuck's going on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, he, he's, yeah, he's totally got it right though. I think from what we were seeing this year, especially on the back end, right. As soon as, you know, there's a little bit of miscommunication, everything fell apart in the back end there and that's yeah. where it was costing us. So, and especially mm-hmm. in that, uh, that, uh, that final third of the season, right. Like after the, uh, all-star game and whatnot. Um, that's when things were really having an issue uh, with, yeah, that communication uh, and cohesiveness, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Zegers was saying that uh, he thought it was pretty good. They had some fun this year, but as a team, they would have liked to do a bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he said, it's weird how everything comes to an end. It's a little unsettling, but there's a lot of things to be excited about for next year. And that's where my head is at. So he's already ready to go for next year. Oh I yeah, of course. I'm, I'm not surprised by that at all. Yeah. Um, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go through two more here for just about like the season in general. Sure. Um, I want to actually, you know, I'll go Stellars and then I'll go Eakins because I feel like Eakins potentially could stir up conversation just okay. with, <laughs> as, you know, as it does, yeah. as it does. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so Stellaris was saying that uh, in the first half, uh, we showed we can play at a high level and compete for a playoff spot. Absolutely. Uh, we had a tough battle with COVID and lost some important pieces at the deadline, but it gave an opportunity for guys to step up and play a bigger role. And that will help us next season. Very short to the point, but mm-hmm. Stellaris is absolutely right. You know, they, they did have issues with COVID around. Yeah. What was that? In Dece- like mid December kind of thing. Yeah. Um, about that. Yeah. And yeah, they absolutely lost important pieces at the deadline there. And a lot of those guys are, man, it, it feels like duck season uh, is going on right now in the playoffs currently. Raquel's getting hit in the head. Something happened. I didn't mm-hmm. see what happened exactly, but something happened in the Carolina-Boston game to Lindholm tonight. And mm-hmm. man, it's just not a good time pretty much, uh, except for <laughs> Nick Delorier, which we'll, we'll get into we'll that get in a, sec, yeah. a little bit later. So There's Manson too, and I think he's been just fine because I, I oh, haven't yeah. heard anything about him. So Yeah, 100%. Um, and then Dallas Eakins about the season. Um, he said, quote, to me, this game comes down to two, th- to three things. Sorry. 
Uh, it comes to puck battles, so scoring goals or giving them up. It comes to turnovers, and turnovers end up in your own net or in your zone. Excuse me. And then penalties. And from the first year I took over here, I think we've done a much better job of not getting stung night after night on penalties. He's correct. I think he's correct yeah. on that aspect. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, we still need to get better and understand what an unforgivable league this is when it comes to turnovers. And I think we can get way, way better on the battles. So if we can look at those after those three areas, that's going to, in a bigger effect, help that goal differential. We're going to score more goals and we're going to give up way less. I think to an extent, he's like he said, he's got a point. Those things do need work. Um, yeah. I, I just hope that those aren't the only things he think thinks this team needs. Yeah. Is that kind of where yeah, you, your head's at? A little or? bit, yeah. Like obviously there's certain things of like, you know, like actual player personnel that is outside of his scope, right? That's on Pat Verbeek now and yeah, and that sort of thing. But they're still trying to utilize those players to the best of your ability, right? It's what I've been talking about for the last however many weeks since we kind of had that downward spiral of that's... Mm-hmm. It's, he's not utilizing the players to the best of their ability in terms of at least like matchups or who they're getting paired with right on their lines or that sort of thing. So, um, which really came to a head uh, a couple weeks ago when it came out that Eakins was talking about, like say Zegris, right. Who he was saying was fragile and it kind of fallen off. And then you kind of take a look and you go, well, yeah, he's been playing with Derek Grant for the last little while. We saw him play Mm -hmm. with some higher level players in Sonny Milano, Sonny Milano and Troy Terry and could see that he just went off when he played with, players that at least matched his skill, right? Yeah. Or were able to keep up with him, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. kind of that idea of, um, you know, like we even joke about like with uh, Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid, right? Of like, oh yeah, I, like, I could go on the ice and get at least 10 points in a season if I were to be on a line with McDavid, right? Yeah. But there's also a difference, and I think we saw that with Connor McDavid specifically, where there was people who just didn't have the same kind of hockey IQ or some of the skill sets in order to keep up with him. And that's why it made it so much of McDavid trying to do it all on his own. Right. Yeah. And you look to the 2019, 2020 season, I believe is when they brought in uh, Andreas Antonescu. And who was the other guy that they brought in that um, was from Detroit? Um, um, oh, he was a, uh, he was a defenseman. Cause Antonescu came from Detroit. Okay, there, there was somebody else yeah. anyway. But you yeah. saw those two guys uh, play together, and I, I tuned, I, I saw a clip from the, I think that was the first game of those three playing together. Mm-hmm. And something that, that I noticed at least was McDavid was passing backwards, right? Because mm-hmm. that's normally where everybody that he, else that he played with was at that point. Yeah. But instead he had the other two guys actually with him. It was mm-hmm. a former Tiger. It's it's gonna it's gonna bug the hell out of me now. Oh, Tyler Ennis. Thank you. Yes, Tyler yeah. Ennis. <laughs> so, but those two were able to keep up with McDavid, right? Yeah. So that it was a more lateral pass compared to a backwards one. Like even just simple things like that, right, can mm-hmm. really affect a player and a line and an entire team. So that's, that's me going a yeah. little bit deeper than what I have in the past, but mm-hmm. it's just it's like some of those just line combinations just don't work. Yeah, so I, I, mean, I think the, I think the third line for the most part that was probably the most consistent and like in terms of personnel who like who was playing mm-hmm. on it, and it worked out right because that line 
got a lot of chances, actually. Mm-hmm. Isaac Lundestrom, what, had 15 goals in the season, I think it was, if I'm remembering off the top uh, of my head? Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, you're right, yeah. Either way, he had a good chunk of points for a third-line mm-hmm. centerman. Yeah, right. I, yeah, going back to Zegris, I think what really shows, like, the potential of, like, what a, a line with Zegris on it could look like is when he plays with Milano because... Like, those guys just have insane chemistry. Like, Milano just thinks mm-hmm. the game the same way as Zegras. Milano and Zegras aren't the same player. Like, I would take Zegras over Milano a hundred times out of a hundred. Like, Zegras is... Not not to take anything away from Milano, but Zegras is just... It's just a fact that he is a better and more skilled player than Milano. But they think the game the same way. And that's yeah. what makes them work together. So, like, you you can't just put any... Let's call Milano a middle six guy. You can't just put any middle six guy on a line with Zegris. You need to put a middle six guy or a top six guy that thinks the way that Zegris does on a line with Zegris. And yeah. Milano is that guy, which is what makes him so valuable to this team. So, mm-hmm. and it's and Derek Grant, like again, not to take anything away from Derek Grant, but he just doesn't think the game the same way Zegris does, and that's not a bad thing. But it's it just shows that they don't work together. Yeah. So. Um, and speaking of Derek Grant, actually, that's a good segue into just another area that I want to touch on here. There's a, there's a couple in here that I'm going to touch on and just like certain quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, so talking about individual performance and growth, uh, Derek Grant had a short quote in here saying, it's always a long season and it got off to a rough start for me. But as the season went on, I felt like I got better and I felt like I was playing pretty good hockey down the stretch. He's not incorrect in that respect, right? Yeah. He was an absolute no show pretty much at the start of the season and mm-hmm. he did get more opportunities closer to the end right i think part of that was maybe because of some of those trades right kind of like uh i think it was shattenkirk or Lars uh earlier was talking about right mm-hmm. that you know certain guys go out other people get chances and that sort of thing um but he, he was playing better hockey in the the second half or last quarter or whatever you want to go like however you want to go about it yeah. it wasn't phenomenal by any means but it was better at least oh for sure yeah so it, it's what we kind of expected from Derek grant yeah i think um okay there's two more here for this section that i think i really want to talk about personally um mm-hmm. You know, we were talking about Isaac Lundstrom in that third line here, so I want to go with that one. Uh, Lundstrom was saying, uh, again, just about individual performance. Uh, I've been here for a while now, so I I definitely felt more comfortable with the guys this year. I think that's that's huge for me, just being comfortable with all the guys on the team. I've done some progressive things, like going more to the net and finding the open spots in the slot. That's, that created more goal-scoring chances for me, more goals and more points. So that's fun for my own play, which... Yeah, he really did, right? And that's mm-hmm. why we were... He was just... It was, it was nice when we saw Lundestrom get a goal. And mm-hmm. they started to add up, right? Which is why yeah. I was saying, like, he got decent numbers, actually, for as young as he is on the third line. Yeah. He was doing great. So mm-hmm. I, mean, I there wasn't a whole lot that I really had to complain about uh, his performance individually overall throughout the season. Yeah, no, I... Yeah, he's, he was just steady. He, he was streaky, but steady. Mm. So, like, I won't say consistent, yeah. but like, generally, you knew what you were getting. He wasn't a liability, at least. Th- yeah, there you go. That's right? that's so. what I'm get, trying to say. Yeah, thank you. Um, and the one that, uh, yeah, I'll go. I'll go to Stellars here next. Which he, something in here he says, I, I kind of realized, like, oh yeah, he's he's right on this. I mean, obviously, he would be. He knows. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Stellars said, I thought I had a good year. 
Uh, obviously, it was my first year making an NHL team and staying on the roster the entire year. Oh, really? Which kind of surprises yeah. me too, yeah. actually. I kind of had to think about it for a second. I was like, yeah, yeah actually, on every team he's been with, he's kind of gone up and down or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as the year wore on, I got more and more confident and knew when my name was called, I'd be ready. I just wanted to go out there, give an honest effort, and give the guys a chance every time I was there. Now, we were just talking about consistency. This, like, Stolarz was one of the most consistent players, I think, on the club this season. Right? I, I would say he was the most consistent. Yeah, like, you, uh, knew, argue, what, yeah. you knew what you were going to get out of every game, right? And he didn't mm-hmm. really, it, and even when he had an off game, it was an average game. Yeah, exactly. Right? Otherwise, generally, I don't think it fantastic. was his fault. It was the team was off, and then it, yeah. it showed on his numbers. Exactly. And, like, there's, I don't think, I don't, there's really not too many traditional backups anymore that, you know, they're, they, that you see on the, you know, the lines preview that, you know, the backup's starting and you go, yeah, I'm, I'm 100% confident in that goaltender, actually. Mm hmm. Right. There, there's not yeah. too many more of those, really. No. So, yeah. Yeah. Stolarz so, was, yeah. Stolarz played great this year. Like I said, I wish he could have played more in the season and whatnot, but mm-hmm. uh, Dallas Eakins has his reasons, I'm sure. I'm hoping he has legitimate <laughs> reasons. Yeah. He better, because when we ask him, he needs an answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I, think, then, I think all of these are like really good points that yeah. this team makes so like it's it seems like all of their heads are in the right space like they know what they need to work on they know what they did well um yeah which is good it's not just like oh we sucked at this we sucked at this we sucked at this hopefully next year's we don't suck as much it's like oh no i think we did well at this i think we did well at this we're gonna work on this we're gonna work on this like there's that balance between both so I yeah think it's really good yeah 100 percent. and uh there was I think two other sections I wanted to talk about here quick. I'm just double checking if the one I imagined. Um, okay. Yeah, actually there's, there's two more here that I want to talk about. So yeah, it's sure. club's future uh, is where I'll start here. So uh, this quote was making its rounds today, which I absolutely love it. Zegras saying, I love Anaheim. I love playing here. This is probably one of the nicest places I've lived my whole life. <laughs> I don't think anything beats the weather here. All I can really say is I love playing here. I love playing at Honda Center, and I love these guys. Perfect. Which that's really promising because you have... You like, there, there, there has been rookies in the past and like higher-end ones who are just like, yeah, I'm here. I'm yeah. happy to be playing hockey kind of thing, right? But... um just maybe didn't dive in nearly as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and one player that I just kind of think of, and I don't even know if it's necessarily, I might be reading too much into this or kind of like putting a narrative on something, but I remember the 2015 draft lottery. And obviously, you know, they're, they're live with Connor McDavid as it happens, but you know who the second overall pick is going to be as well in Jack Eichel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a video that was going around after the draft lottery of him at a party and, you know, he it, Buffalo, I'm coming for you, right? Mm-hmm. But you also have to remember the state of Buffalo at the time as well, right? Not much different from where it started this season. Yeah. <laughs> teams not really going anywhere. And mm-hmm. I mean, you really had that case, I think, with both Edmonton and Buffalo. But they're also not too different from each other, I feel like. I, Edmonton's probably a little bit colder, but, you know, 
Buffalo still has like the dreary winters and that kind of thing. Right. Mm. So yeah, you, you really got to make the best of it kind of thing. And obviously California, Anaheim, Orange County is going to be a lot different from like at Edmonton or that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. So the atmosphere that you're in as well, outside of the arena can make a huge impact, I think as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's, I think you're hundred percent right. Like yeah. it's, it's the reason why places like Edmonton and Vancouver and Winnipeg aren't like the most attractive for free agents. Like they rarely get the they're also Canadian free markets. agents. Yeah, they're Canadian <laughs> markets, and the weather's shit when you, the whole time you're there. Like I, I would El- say, Vancouver's the best out of all the Canadian markets. Uh, the best out of the three. Yeah, the the three I kind of picked on. I was like, oh, I well, would actually. Vancouver's I would actually just rainy. say Edmonton's cold as shit. Winnipeg yeah. is colder as shit. So like. Yeah, I, way, I would actually it, just go with all out of all seven, Vancouver's the best because you're not really getting snow. It's just cooler, right? It's it's yeah. like anywhere on the West Coast, I feel like. But yeah, yeah, exactly. But like those are yeah, not only just for the fact that they're Canadian markets, but like when you're there, it's it sucks, especially if you are an American player or you are a player that's been in, say, California. Like Trevor Zegers is never going to want to go to Edmonton or like Winnipeg or, no. or those kind of places because he's like. Why would the fuck would I do that? I have to pay taxes, and then it's also going to be minus forty like half the time I'm there. Fuck no. Yeah, <laughs> like, like outside outside of the arena, I feel like the only place better than California, and this is coming from a tourist of California, pretty much, right? Mm-hmm. The only place that would maybe be better in terms of you know your taxes, your weather, and that kind of thing would maybe be Florida. Yeah, but California is pretty hard to beat. I feel like otherwise. Oh yeah, for sure. So. Yeah. Or maybe Vegas, but at the same time, with everything that they're doing there, I don't know. I don't know anymore, right? So yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, um, was there another one you wanted to? Get yeah, through, so or was that- yeah, there's okay. there's a couple more just with the uh, with the club's future, and then I'm gonna end the exit interviews on a nicer note. Um, so this one from Dallas Eakins here on the uh, on the team's future. As a staff, we're going to watch these playoffs, especially a few teams in particular, on what they're doing. I'd be actually interested to know which teams in particular. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now we can really just sit and watch other teams, not be buried in our own team as well. We're sending players out and saying get stronger, get faster, and all this stuff. But the homework for the coaches right now is to go reevaluate everything we've been preaching, teaching, and trying to enforce. Uh, There are ways we need to get better as well. That'll start this week watching certain teams play and how they play. Yep. But yeah, I, I'd be curious to know what teams they're looking at specifically that they want to kind of mimic a play style. Yeah, I, I think we'll probably know within a couple months once the season starts. Yeah. We'll, we'll, you'll kind of be able to there's, tell. Actually, maybe even after the offseason, it's like, okay, they've got this player who is yeah. like this player here, this player who's like this player also. Which that'll place, be so. in tandem with Pat Verbeek, I feel like, right? Because yeah. you got to bring in those certain kind of players. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm looking around the league at what playoff teams are around that um, could maybe be looked at, I'm feeling the Tampa Bay Lightning, obviously back-to-back cup mm-hmm. champs, do well in the regular season, but are able to push through the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Toronto Maple Leafs is another one, especially with cap room, right? You can get some higher-end guys, mm-hmm. load up on skill. You got a salt. You got a good foundation for a back end that you can improve on, and you potentially have the goaltending, right? You could. Yeah do something similar to the Toronto Maple Leafs, I feel like. I, I think in terms of the forwards, I think as 
yeah. an organization as a whole because there's back-end questions. It's not, like, even right now, yeah. you just can't compare them because we have John Gibson and they have their guys. Can't, uh, Jack Cavill, yeah. Yeah, n- not John Gibson. So yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, it's, it's so maybe in, in the forward aspect, I could see that, yeah. Another team that I'm wondering about is a team within their division that's been getting a lot of talk lately. And I'm not trying to be biased when I say the Calgary Flames. I mean, the, the East and the West are totally different, right? So, like, you can't build a team. Like, the the Ducks can't build a team that is based off of an Eastern Conference team. So they're going mm. they're going to get fucked like every <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah, because but, they're just they're totally yeah. different play styles. So yeah, I, I think modeling after a team in your division is it makes sense. And why and, why wouldn't you? After yeah, and the I mean, first place team in the division this year. Yeah, and the Flames have depth throughout their lineup, right? And especially with a lot of the young guys we have coming up, you could have that depth if developed properly, mm-hmm. right? So you could have a steady, solid four lines, right? Just with development, bringing in certain guys and that sort of thing. Uh, same with your back end, right? Mm-hmm. And goaltending, I feel like you're pretty much there if John Gibson can, you know, Return to form that we saw for majority of the season, yeah. Coming into next year, you mm-hmm. you have pieces there already. There's just a yeah. few things you got to tweak here and there, and you could potentially have a similar kind of team. Now, implementing a Daryl Sutter type uh, system into that as well is something I feel like really only Daryl Sutter can do. Mm-hmm. Everyone yeah. can try to mimic it to the best of their ability, but it's never going to be Sutter hockey. So, yeah. but just the idea of the roster and how you want to play teams and whatnot. That can be mimicked. Mm-hmm. And I feel like yeah, the Calgary Flames sure. would yeah. be a good option to look at. Yeah, I, I think that that one is probably option one and the second option. And I think probably just these two would be the ones that I would try and mimic if I was in Verbeek and Eakins' position. The other one would be the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. Because just like Calgary, they have depth at all positions. Um, They have Kemper, who, like Gibson and Markstrom in Anaheim and Calgary, is like the guy for the most part. Um, the only difference I would say is that between Calgary and Colorado is that Calgary plays like that get under your skin kind of hockey, whereas, and, and, a, and a little bit more defensively responsible, I think. Like once they get the lead, it's about holding the lead, whereas Colorado plays like the more, like the physical game, but without getting under your skin. And yeah. they're like, let's score as many goals as we can. Like no lead is safe. Mm-hmm. the the best defense is a good offense. Like, that's kind of where the mentality differs, I think. Um, yeah. But otherwise, they're kind of they're kind of built the same. It's more so just the execution that's mm-hmm. a little bit different. So, Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. And, the, and also another reason I had said Tampa that I didn't bring up is obviously Pat Verbeek was in Tampa. He was instrumental yeah. in helping create those back-to-back teams. Mm-hmm. And especially being under Stevie, uh, Stevie Y., you could definitely have that influence there. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah. I think so. I think maybe those three teams are kind of the mm-hmm. the, the models. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and and last thing I wanted to bring up here too. There's uh, there's there's two quotes specifically on uh, Ducks fans specifically. Uh, and this comes from uh, Benoit and uh, Jones. So from Benoit, he says. Uh, one of my takeaways from the season is being with the fans and having them always cheering for us. Uh, we had a great start, and then trades happened. They stayed with us the entire time. They were great all year. 
And then from Max Jones, uh, who has a bit of a longer one, uh, says, when you get injured, you're more worried about the rehab, the injury, and coming back. You're just worried about everything. Once it finally got announced that I had gotten hurt, the amount of support I received from from the Ducks fan base was unbelievable. It was so comforting to me. My girlfriend, my parents, and my family all knew how hard it was for me, and they knew what it meant to me uh, when I saw all the mentions coming through and people messaging me on Instagram. Hearing people uh, were with me and on my side just made me happy. It drove me the whole seven months I was out. And yeah, I kind of forgot it was seven months. Mm-hmm. I know people want to see me play and cheer me on, but that's something, and that's something that makes it special here in Anaheim, that fan base. So good job, Ducks fans. For I know, I know there was a lot of negativity, especially in like the last part, but we, we mm-hmm. did stick with this team and specifically the players individually for the most part, I feel like. So yeah. uh, a big shout out to to you guys and gals. So Yeah, hell yeah. We talked about it on the live stream, actually, that I was on. Um, I believe it was Kevin that brought it up um, that California, I can't remember if you were here or not, but um, that California hockey is like, it's not the biggest fan base, but it's the most loyal and like most yeah. dedicated fan base in California. So that's, uh, yeah, that's awesome. And and For I think sure. it's recognized there by Benoit and Jones, just how Absolutely. loyal the fans are. Yeah, so, yeah that's great. Um, okay, let's, before we get into the playoff hockey, let's take a quick break. Um, you've uh, You've got some words from our sponsor here, I believe. Yeah, so I was running behind on things again, so you get to get another live ad read from me. And you're gonna, you're I, gonna I, get real good at these, so I've, I've at least gotten better at them. Yeah, I'm almost yeah. at Audie James level now. Almost, almost. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Are you looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings same game, same game parlays, you can do just that. That's a mouthful there. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So, what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the promo code THPN, bet just $5 on any NHL team to win, and get $100 in free bets no matter what. Again, that's code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum agent eligibility restrictions. Yeah, minimum agent eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Damn, that was so good. Except for the little slip up at the end, it was like perfect. Just a then, little bit. Yeah, yeah. Just, it, just it, it, that point. is a mouthful, though. Minimum agent eligibility restrictions oh, yeah. apply. That's just like a few, like a few syllables in there. Oh yeah, no, it's, I wouldn't be like, able oh, to man. do it. But hey, you you were going so. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, way, I way better drink. than I need me. a drink now. You can talk for a bit. Sounds good. Um, I want to get to a couple comments here that popped up earlier. Uh, yeah. Allie updating us. 3-2 uh, rain over the Gulls. That is a final score there. Um, uh, no, so, that, that's not a final, is that? No, there's no way it's a final. Uh, yeah, yeah. I looked it up because I was like 3-2 like, at the end of the first, but it said, unless I looked at the wrong date. 
and there was another. I'm pretty sure you looked at the wrong day because that game okay. started like an hour ago. <laughs> oh, did it? Okay. Never mind then. <laughs> oh Jesus! Well, here, I'll, I'll, I'll take a look here. Okay, I'll take a look. You can go through the other comments. <laughs> okay, well, it's more of a discussion one, so we'll uh, save it. Oh yeah, shit. No, I looked at the one from. Oh no, men's Wednesday, May fourth. Yeah, it says uh, final on the goals website. Anyways, are you sure it didn't start like eight o'clock Eastern time? Thursday, May 5th, 7 p.m. Yeah, it doesn't have anything there. Oh, wait, yeah. Well, it's it's May 4th, May 4th, though. Final. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm taking a look here. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no, May it is 3-2 4th. at the end of the first. Okay. Yeah, Why does it say final yeah. on their website? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I'm looking at the article now, though. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, because... Yeah, I thought, like... Because yeah. you just said 3-2, so I was like, oh, well, I'll look up when it is, and it says final, so... All right. Yeah. After Thank the you, first San period. <laughs> Figure it out. Yeah, after the first period, makes a lot more sense if it yeah. actually did. It did start at eight then. Okay, um, a lot eight hour time. time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, and then the other one, uh, Lauren wanted to know. Thanks for the update, Allie. Sorry that we butchered it. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, it uh, it has like the live clock and everything like that on the AHL website. So I have that up now. Okay, so cool. we're about we're just over the two minute mark into the second period now. Nice. Um, Lauren had a question for us. Do you think Pat Verbeek will improve the Ducks this offseason and take us to the next step? I thought I would leave it for the end of the exit interviews because it's kind of a, mm-hmm. a nice wrap-up. Um, just while you think about your answer, she says uh, that she trusts Verbeek. Yeah, uh, I think we talked about this was last episode or two episodes ago, I think. Um, that uh, he's Yeah, it was last episode, I, I think. Um, he's got a lot of money that he can play with this year. You could make some decent improvements with that amount of cash if you wanted to right now. I think he'll budget it a little bit, not spend all of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah. So you maybe leave, say, ten million, right? You it's kind of like this year, you're not anticipating the playoffs. But if you're there and you're at trade deadline and you got ten million, you can make a pretty decent trade, I feel like. That could help improve your your chance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even if not for the playoffs, you could make a deal that potentially just helps you the next season or that sort of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. um, I mean, that's at least what I would do. Wouldn't mm-hmm. try to be spending all eighty-two million or eighty-four million. I think it'll be next year or something like that. I forget offhand, but eighty-two um, and a half. Eighty-two and a half. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I I think he will be doing some some work, whether it's off-season trades or yeah free agency is going to be huge i think for the ducks uh this year so yeah absolutely yeah i 100 percent have faith in verbeek to build this team into something good over the next few years it's not going to be like okay we're good now next year i think if if done right this team is going to go through another year of not being very good maybe two of but we'll take a step We'll take, yeah. Yeah, we'll take a step each year. At least I hope so. But yeah. by the third year of Verbeek's, I, I guess third full year of Verbeek's tenure here, mm-hmm. I think is when you'll really see how good of a team he's built. Because he's going to bring in players that, or he should bring in players that will kind of grow with Trevor Zegris and Troy Terry and Jamie Drysdale. Because in three years, those are gonna, guys are going to be in their prime. And that's when you yeah. want to be, you know, Competing. It, competing for the playoffs. Yeah. Not just like, okay, let's try and make the playoffs. Let's like make the some expect- noise in the playoffs. Yeah. The expectation will be playoffs and to go a couple rounds deep at least. Yeah. So we're either going to 
bring in guys that are around that same age as them, maybe a couple years older, or we're going to bring in guys that I don't want to say are similar to Ryan Getzlaff, but like have that veteran experience, have been to the show, have gone deep in the playoffs, are like kind of in that mentorship role, not like in their 30s, but maybe they're late, well, late 20s, early 30s, I would say. Yeah. Like those those guys that are going going to be impactful in three years as veterans, but in the meantime are going to kind of prepare the core yeah. for that. So I think, and, and we have that cap space, so I think that that's kind of Rubik's plan is to take it slow, and yeah, I, I trust that he will do that. So we just got to yeah. not like run him out of town over the next Yeah, years. exactly. Got to trust um, the process a little bit this time. So because because yeah. it, it is going to be different from Bob Murray, right? Where he was, it, it felt like he was just trying to maintain as much as he could and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah. And then when it wasn't working out so much anymore, it was it felt it felt like a struggle to even just say the word rebuild, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. whereas Verbeek's like, yep, we got pieces here, we can absolutely improve on it, and we're close to making the team a contender already. So. Yeah, I, I think too, like, I think we might get quote, quote unquote lucky a little bit like the Rangers um, a few years ago and like the Kings this year. Like where, fast like, turnarounds. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like, yes, we're okay. We're entering a rebuild. We're shipping off four main pieces at the deadline for assets. And then we're going to kind of start fresh next season. So it might be a couple rough years, but it, we're not like, Arizona or Buffalo where it's like okay we'll ship some guys out and now we have nothing yeah no we shipped some guys out and we have Trevor Segrist Troy Terry um, Isaac Lundestrom Sam Steele Cam Fowler still Jamie Drysdale like we have tons of guys so like yes we're going into a rebuild and we're, we're kind of stripping it down and we're gonna suck for the rest of this season <laughs> which is now over but like you bring in a few if you bring in the right guys all of a sudden this team is going to be rebuilding, but they're going to be getting a lot of wins. I feel like the first half of the season was a good indicator of when this team is playing well and it's set up to succeed. And fully healthy. That it can do things, right? Mm-hmm. And you just add to that. Yeah. And yeah, I, I can kind of see where, like, just kind of looking at the whole season in hindsight, I can see what Verbeek's talking about of, yeah, this is only a few pieces away from being a contender again. I can, mm-hmm. see, I can see what he's talking about. So. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But And I, and I do got to give credit to Bob Murray, I guess, in that respect, right, of being able to, I guess, retool for as long as he did, that when the rebuild mm-hmm. started, it doesn't feel like it was actually too far off. I don't think he was the guy to complete the rebuild. Obviously, the way that he left was not ideal, mm-hmm. right? But... I mean, I guess neither is really firing, but you get what I mean. Yeah. So, but we have somebody who I think could do that job, though he doesn't overly have the track record of him being at the helm of it yet. Mm -hmm. He's been part of that kind of process in in Tampa Bay. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah. Thanks for the question, Lauren. Very good one. Got got us on some, uh, some good tracks there. Um, Let's, uh, before we hit the, st- well, no, let's hit the, no, let's do the Stanley Cup. Stuff. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how long that takes. Um, <laughs> so Monday, four games happened. Two of them ended in shootouts. Um, or in overtime, you mean? 
There's no shootouts. Sorry, shutouts. Two oh, shutouts and shutouts. Shout Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was uh, one of them ended in over. No. Actually, no, none of them ended overtime. So Monday, sorry, <laughs> threw off my mojo. And I mean, by <laughs> you, I mean me for saying shootout instead of shutout. <laughs> um, yeah, so Monday, we ended up with two shutouts, one from um, Jack Campbell of the Maple Leafs on the live stream. I was saying Anderson, so I apologize again for <laughs> miscrediting the uh, shutout there. Um, and the other one from Ville Husso on the Minnesota Wild. So, damn, that was unexpected for both of those guys. I mean, it's it's very hard to say like, oh, I think this guy's going to get a shout out in this mm-hmm. playoff series. But like, because I know we were it, questioning who was even going to start for St. Louis. Do you go with Bennington, who's got the playoff, uh, you know, the the playoff experience, or do you go with the hot hand in Huso? Yeah. Well, I mean, you were. I said Huso, and I was right. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, with the with this win, it like. A little bit of an early big dick energy move here, but like that's a big dick energy move by Huso to just like yep. lay it out and be like, "You guys are questioning if it's going to be me or Bennington to start. Let me show you who's going to start every fucking game of the Blues playoff run." Now I know it's only been one game, but we've also seen a bit of the regular season. Depending, I think, on how far the Blues go these playoffs, and depending on who leads them, if it's if it's Huso. Mm-hmm. You got to question what you're doing with Jordan Bennington, then. I think. Yeah, it feels oh, really premature considering it's the exact same situation that almost that Bennington was in. Mm-hmm. But you got to take a look at it. I think if you're the same oh, Louis Blues front uh, front end there. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, the Hurricanes and Bruins that game ended five one. I'm not really surprised. Yeah, not overly. by that. Like. This is the one series that I wouldn't be surprised if it was a sweep. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't think I predicted a sweep in any of... Or I did a, in my hot takes bracket that I did for, yeah. um, for one of the leagues. I, I predicted a sweep for that one. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't remember if it was last year or two years ago the Hurricanes swept the Bruins in, like, the finals, like the conference finals. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't remember. I, I don't remember offhand. which year it was, but, like... And then just this year, like, the Hurricanes have had their number. I, I had the game on earlier this afternoon, and at, at this time it was 2 nothing for the Hurricanes. Um, and in the season, like, the whole season, including playoffs, so four and a bit games, the Hurricanes had outscored the Bruins 23-2 to in the four and a few games. <laughs> There's an outlier in there of like a seven-one or seven-nothing game or, yeah. or something like that from but the regular season. Still. But like they they've just dominated. And then the one tonight was five-two. So add another three goals to that. Twenty-six to four. They've <laughs> outscored them. Like that's Jeez. it's just madness. So like as good as the Bruins still are, like they they don't have a chance. I'm sorry, yeah. they don't. And I guess we can, I think we said at the top of the show, but we can give an update, I guess, for game two because there are game twos going on tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. The Hurricanes beating the Bruins again 5-2 this time. Yeah. So, so yeah, that series now 2 nothing. Leafs and Lightning are tied up at 1. Um, what was the final score in that one? 5-3? Five, 5-3 uh, five, was the final for tonight's yeah. game. But, yeah, Monday was a 5 nothing win for the Maple Leafs. As we said, Jack Campbell with the uh, the shutout there and Man, Maple Leafs fans were going nuts, and I totally understand it. Actually, I'm not gonna. It's 
like a lot of them are trying to temper their expectations. But mm-hmm. man, you start off with a five nothing win over the defending cup champs in game one. That's a Big major. That's a major boost to your morale in that oh, locker absolutely. room. Absolutely, absolutely. So they they got brought back down. I think a little bit with a five three game, but they show that they can keep with them. So mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. This 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 will be a fun series. I have I think in both my brackets, I have this series going to seven games. Oh, for sure. So, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whether it's going to be another memeable seven game just dumpster fire for the Maple Leafs or it's going to be the Lightning giving it everything they've got and the Leafs overcoming them. Like, either way, it's going to be in seven games. So, Okay, now I have a question for you because this is going around on a couple different shows. Um, Who has the bigger expectations on them? Toronto or Tampa? Because you have Um, the two-time defending cup champs and you have the team that has been stuck in the first round for the last 18 years. Can you elaborate on what you mean by expectation? Do you mean like the bigger um, thing to prove or like the, like, yeah, I don't know. What do, what do you mean by expectation? Which would, okay, which would be more, which team is going to be more disappointed by losing this series? Okay. Um, I think the most disappointed maybe would be like the would be the lightning because they well yeah i'm going to say disappointed the lightning just because like obviously like their their team is basically the same as it's been the last couple of years give or take a mm. few pieces so like and, and there's always kind of been those question marks of like oh yeah but the the covid cup or whatever for the last couple of years like they've made that excuse so i think they want to win it in like uh, the most real season we've had in the yeah. last, which I, I I still don't put the asterisk behind no any of those cops. Like I, if anything, I made it harder. I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, I think the the team that carries the most risk in losing this series is the Maple Leafs. Because if the Lightning lose, they're like, yeah, that sucks, and we're disappointed, and we wanted a third one, but like. At the end of the day, they're like, we know we're still good. We're, we're going to be good again next year. Like, they're not going to blow up the team because they lost in the first round after winning two Stanley Cups. It's like, okay, like, wasn't our year. We're a little fatigued. Let's yeah. have some rest, come back next year, and probably win another cup. I don't know. <laughs> if the Maple Leafs lose this series, though, f- fucking fire sale. Everything, Steve- half price. Dubas, gone. Matthews, big question mark. Marner, big question mark. Goaltending, no- gone defense blown up like i I think it's at this point it would be time to overreact see now i'm kind of on the fence about it because i think it's more of a disappointment for toronto right because Mm -hmm. you're still not getting past the first round especially with the season that they had yeah right like the best in maple leafs history if i'm not mistaken Mm -hmm. but at the same time i don't think it gets blown up unless Kyle Dubas gets fired. Because if you lose out in this round, you go, well, we lost to the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Yeah. Right? So I I think it's more of a disappointment. But, yeah, so just it's, yeah. it's more of a disappointment if Toronto loses, I think. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it gets blown up just because of that. If it was any other team, I could see the blow-up starting to happen. But I think yeah, because at, specifically they're against Tampa, I don't see a blow up coming. At, at what point though, like 
do you just like stop making excuses and say like next year this team isn't good enough like next year they they I forget who it was two years ago but like last year it's like okay like yeah we lost to a team that was just like hungrier than we were or like a hot goalie however you want to you know justify them losing to the Canadians like and and do you remember who they played in the 2020 bubble uh 2020 they lost to Columbus in the play-in oh right so I I know we have yeah. this argument over the last couple of weeks technically they didn't make the playoffs <laughs> whatever yeah <laughs> but like I don't know I don't think you could like because they've gone through upsets over the last two, three, four years, however many. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've lost count at this point. Like, I, I don't think you can make the excuse like, okay, yeah, we it was another first round exit. Like, holy fuck, when are we going to win in, in the first round? But like, it was against the two-time defending, defending Stanley Cup champions. Like, maybe we should get a pass on this one. It's like, no, if your team's not good enough, like you should be good enough to... Like, if it's not good enough to build, beat the defending Stanley Cup champions, like, then it's not good enough. I, like, I still it, feel like it's next year. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't. If it, if it was just the one-time Stanley Cup champions, yeah, sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Back-to-back Stanley Cup champions, though, these guys know how to do it, right? And like you said, yeah. a lot of that Lightning team is intact, mm-hmm. save for the third line that really helps them, but they kind of tried to retool that in their own way. But you still have Vasilevsky. So if Stamkos, you have a healthy Stamkos and mm-hmm. Kucherov, right? Yeah. You have Hedman on the back end. Like that core is still there and they are completely healthy. It's mm-hmm. not 2020 where they're missing Stamkos or, you know, Kucherov is, you know, healthy and that sort of thing like last year. But, you know, there's the tiny bit of rust for the first little bit at least, right? Yeah. That could really have changed and uh, changed everything mm-hmm. so i don't know I, yeah. I still feel like for the least this would be the one that you're like okay you know what this is the one to not panic about but if it happens again next year then you really start to panic what, what so. if they lose again next year to the defending stanley cup champions Whoever if it's not tampa be. then you're then that's when it's okay it's the one time yeah blow it up it, it, it's literally because yeah like if they had a chance to be either played the Lightning or Boston for this year. Mm-hmm. If it was Boston and they lose the first round, absolutely. That team's getting torn apart. Okay. Um, I think it's just uh, it's uh, yeah. purely uh, because it's not even defending cup champs, back-to-back defending cup champs. Yeah, no, that's fair. So. Um yeah, I think we should move on to this. I do have more yeah. I want to say, but we'll save yeah. it for okay. we'll save okay. it for another time. We'll yeah. we'll have our, our a weekly like Leafs debate segment. <laughs> and I'll just remember what I was going to say from last Unless time. they're out. Unless they're out. So Yeah. Um, the Oilers and Kings is the last series. Actually, no, we didn't really talk about the Wild and Blues series. Um, but that game currently is at, um, at least for notifications that I have, 4-1 Wild in the second period. Yeah, um, with under four minutes left. Okay. So looks like that one is... Knock on wood, any, obviously anything can happen, but at the very least, it, it looks like the Wild came back swinging, most likely going to be one on or a 1-1 series again, knock on wood. Mm-hmm. But um, at the very least, if the Blues do come back, it's the Wild didn't just kind of lie down and die for the second yeah. game in a row. So I think this is another seven-game series. I could see it as well. I think I have six for this one. 
the big surprise for me from this series actually comes from the Minnesota Wild specifically. And you know me, I'm a Flurry fanboy and that sort of thing. I'm very mm-hmm. surprised though that they didn't start Cam Talbot for game one. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised on that too. Like I get the playoff experience with Flurry, but Talbot but was Cam- your guy for most of the season. Cam Talbot was undefeated in regulation for the last 16 games that he played in the regular season. Oh shit. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I or, or 15 games. I think it was like 13 0 and 2 he went. He was yeah. undefeated in regulation for the last yeah, 15 games mm-hmm. of the season. I mean I mean the reason they brought in Flurry though is like for, for to be the guy for the playoffs. But when you have Talbot playing like that, right? Like that's Yeah. No, I, I agree both, with you. Both but, goalies are veteran goalies who have the playoff experience, right? Talbot yeah. with, uh, I believe, yeah, with the Rangers uh, behind Lundqvist, mm-hmm. with the Oilers for the 2017 run. And, yeah, like, yeah they, these guys, and I guess Talbot last year as well for Minnesota for the playoffs as well, right? Like, the, guess, like yeah. Talbot has playoff experience as well. And, and Flurry has performed well in yeah, the playoffs. And Flurry yeah. has the, I, oh man, what was the stat that I saw? The longest individual playoff streak for a North American athlete. At oh, 16 shit. years, he's been to the postseason. This guy's played a lot That's of wild. hockey. Yeah. Or been at least like a part of a lot of playoff games. Yeah. I still I, I was still surprised though that they went with Flurry for game one. If I was the coach, I personally would have went with Cam Talbot. So. I, I would have too. Yeah. They went with Flurry for game two as well. Yes, they did. So that's interesting. Which I, I I feel like for that one, it was okay, if like if the Wild were to lose that game, then you were going to Talbot no matter what. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, yeah, we'll have to see how this game works here too. So yeah, for sure. But yeah, um, that's, that's the one takeaway I took from at least that first game. It wasn't even like a, um, it, it was before the game even started, kind of thing. So yeah, um, Oilers and Kings. That one uh, was a four three win for the LA Kings in Game One. Um, Holy shit! Did the Oilers outplay the Kings? But the Kings played. 100% their type of game where they sat back and let the Oilers, specifically Mike Smith, make mm-hmm. mistakes. Yeah, that, and, and that was their game plan. That was, that's 100%. Executed. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, that, that, that's really all I have to say. I, I mean, if anyone watched the live stream, like you kind of already know my thoughts on it, but I think Nate also just hit the nail on the head there. So, And when I say outplay, I mean outplay. Money Puck has that game one at 69.2% of the time. The Oilers are winning. Not nice. 69. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, they were, I'm not surprised Yeah, all over, but again, it was the Kings playing that. Okay. You come to us. And as soon as we see a weakness, we're exploiting it. Yep. Right, the Oilers never held a lead in that game. I don't think. No, because they were down, yeah, two nothing. I can't remember if they came back to make it two two, but mm-hmm. either way, yeah, no, they they never had a lead in yeah. that game. So, yeah, which is has kind of been their weak spot all season. Like they play best with a lead. Mm-hmm. They were like they, they. I don't remember what it was, but they lost like three games all year when they had scored first. Yeah, and they'd won like thirty or forty some. So, uh, Jonathan Quick in game one with a 1.1 a goal save above expected. Mike Smith at the other end a negative 1.39, and we know what goal that was. That what what that the one that was yeah should have been right. So yeah, um, I, I'm surprised. Yeah, I mean, was I, actually that low because like 
but quick probably saved like three or four goals that I thought were sure goals. Yeah. Like he was outstanding. Uh, how old is Smith again? 41, 42, 40. he's 40. or he's 40. Okay. Combined age was... of 76 in that series. Yeah. Jeez. That's, and that's gotta be one of the oldest in a long time. I think they were talking about yeah. that on, uh, on the, the Jeff Merrick show today. I think it was, uh, they talked about or, it on 32, 32 thoughts. thoughts? Okay. Yeah. Monday, okay. Yeah. Then yeah, I was listening to both today. So I, like I said, gotcha. I, I get too confused. Yeah. <laughs> um, you would think at 40 years old playing in the NHL as long as he has likes with, but no, not to throw the puck up the middle of the ice when you're yeah. not standing in front of the net. <laughs> yeah. Like, like from, from, from the outside, I had to laugh at it. Cause I'm like, dude, like, and especially the comments that he had after, I don't know if you saw my tweet about it. Let I me, let me see if I'll see if I can pull it up here, but he was talking in uh, the press conference after uh, there was a lot of people who made comments of, well, at least he didn't blame any of the team for his own mistake this time, mm-hmm. uh, which he has been known to do. Uh, where it was just last night, it's somewhere here. Hmm. The while you find that, the thing is, if anybody else made that play, like pass from behind the net right up the middle, a, a turnover. Anybody else made that play, and then the, the same thing happens, he gets scored on. He's r- ripping, like, three new assholes in whatever player did that. Like, oh, absolutely, yeah. Like, they might as well just fucking ask for a trade, because, like, the, <laughs> they, they will not want to show up the next day. Like, yeah. so it's it's weird that Mike Smith did that. Like, I don't know. That that was a, a weird lapse of judgment. So, here, I'll, I'll play the clip. It's just a 15-second clip. And yeah, then go for I'll, it. And then I'll read what I tweeted here. There. Yeah, just trying to make something happen. Obviously, trying to do too much there in, uh, in a tight game like that. You can't can't afford to make mistakes like that, and it ended up costing us the game. And um, obviously disappointed, but it's one game, and we move on and worry about game two. Now, I I understand the idea behind what he's saying. I feel like it's a little bit different though because it's the playoffs, right? Like specifically, the it's one game and we move on. An 82 game season, yeah, sure, you can make up for that. But what I have, like, what I what I tweeted was was, dude, they only need four wins to end your season, and you gave them one on a silver platter, right? Yeah, yeah. So the team in front yeah. of him now, as well as himself, but the team in front of him has to work even harder now to try to tie the series up. Which, by the way, it is two nothing currently. Uh, 13 minutes left in the second period for the Oilers. So they're doing their best right now that they can. But mm-hmm. imagine this series goes to seven games and the Kings win it 4-3. And I feel like you could look back at game one mm-hmm. and go, if that didn't happen though, if we continue to outplay them for the last five minutes and get a goal to go ahead, we could have still been playing. So, oh, oh, absolutely. He, he didn't yeah. blame so, anybody, but he no. he took a a tiny portion of the blame to himself, but brushed it off at the same time. Yeah, which so, I I would have yeah. a bit of an issue with personally if I if yeah I, was I mean the coach or a player in that locker room being like, dude, we still have to make up for this now though. Yeah, no, so. for sure. Yeah, I think I, I yeah I I do agree with what you're saying. Like it's yes, it's he's right. It's one game, but it's one out of potentially four games. Yeah. 
or one out of seven. Either way, like that's a lot bigger percentage than yeah. one out of eighty-two. But I, I think like he's there's, he's, there's a difference yeah. between like what you say to the media, especially in a market like Edmonton, where mm-hmm. the guys like Mark Spector will take every little thing that you say and run with it for like three days with oh, yeah. like <laughs> fucking trash articles. Yep. Fuck you, Mark Spector. You're never getting on this show. <laughs> <laughs> but and. And then there's a difference of like what you say to your coach and like behind closed doors to your teammates. So mm-hmm. I think, it, yeah, I, I'm I'm probably a little biased here, but I think Mike Smith's a veteran and he probably he knows what to say to the media and what to say to the dressing room. Is and, that what you say to the media though? Knowing yeah. that they're going <laughs> to run with that, knowing that you have public perception coming on you, because even yeah, if, I even, think if so. even if so, if I'm uh, I don't know if I'm Darnell Nurse in the locker room, right? Mm-hmm. And Mike Smith tells me, "Sorry, guys, that's a hundred percent on me. I will do better. I will learn from this, right? Like I'm, I'm not making those same mistakes. I'm going to be more careful and everything like that. And maybe we need to change something up. Actually, maybe I, I, I'm just throwing out here. Yeah, maybe I have to play the puck a little bit less or something like that, right? So to this mm-hmm. kind of extent. But then you go out to the media and you go, "As one game, we move on." It's okay. You've said two different things here. Which one am I supposed to believe as your teammate? So that, yeah. that's just that's just my opinion yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I I think yeah, I, I like I, I think everybody in the Oilers dressing room understands how the media works in in Edmonton specifically and oh, in yeah, the Canadian it's, it's market as well. Dog um, shit. It sucks. Yeah, <laughs> they're brutal. So, for the most yeah, part. so I. I yeah, there's. I, I think the the thing that he said, where he's like, "Yeah, I, I take some responsibility for that. Like, I probably shouldn't have done that, but at the same time, it's one game." The I take some responsibility for that portion was for like his teammates saying, "Like, okay, I have said two of the same thing here, and now because I don't want the media to like, you know, shit on us for the next couple days, like, it's one game, sort of thing." Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, there's, I, and yeah. there's probably some more communication. So yeah, yeah. I can see I, a couple of ways. It, yeah. I can see the couple of ways it can be taken. That's just my initial reaction, though. That, yeah, like no, for sure. If I if I'm seeing that as a teammate, I'm going, dude, like you cost us this. Yeah, take the full brunt of the blame and don't just brush it off. So that's just, yeah. that's just my opinion, though. Mm-hmm. Right? It, I, you're, yeah. like you said there's a, there's a lot that we don't know behind closed doors or anything like that. So that's yeah. just like I, when yeah. I like when I watch that you know, being a goalie myself, playing on different teams and whatnot, having some of those, I don't know, call more selfish players and that sort of thing who are just like, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. Right. Like some, some of those things I feel like you need to take a little bit more to heart. So yeah. especially considering not everyone to his fault, mm-hmm. his Mike Smith has lost his last 10 playoff games. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. And then add a quote like that on top of it of, yeah, whatever, we move on. It's like, yeah, okay, but what about the rest of them that you've yeah, done with I, two different teams? Yeah, I, I think part of it is like just a difference in like mentality too. And it's just yeah. like based off of how you work. Like for someone like you, like you, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, mm-hmm. because I, I don't really know like how you think when you play, but um, when you're playing, like you, you tend to focus on, mistakes and like not like beat yourself up over them but but be like okay that's that is in my brain now and i'm 
going to do everything I can to not do that again. Yeah. Kind of. Am I right there? I don't actually oh, don't want to be putting words no, into your you're mouth. You're 100% so. right. I had a I had a lacrosse game we were playing even a like a lower end team. They weren't actually in our division even. Mm-hmm. And I only had one goal against, but it was such an odd shot that was such a bad angle that it stuck with me that I had my coach work on it with me for a half an hour to the point mm-hmm. that he had just had to said that he just had to say it was a lucky shot. There's nothing yeah. wrong that you did, but it yeah, it just stuck with me and I'm like and obviously it didn't cost us the game or anything like that. I think yeah. like it, we were easily doubled did just like maybe in the twenties or something like that in that game, but just that one goal stuck in my head. So, yeah. Yeah. So, but like you kind of used it as like a, a learning thing, but yeah. So, but where I think Mike Smith is maybe different and again, I don't know him, so I'm going to be just putting words into his mouth, mm-hmm. but I, I think he's of the mindset where of like, I can't focus on those mistakes. I just have to like trust my instincts because I've been doing this for 20 years or whatever and like yeah yeah sometimes that happens but i I gotta not focus on it because when i focus on it my game gets worse and then i make more mistakes and then i focus on all those mistakes so i I think it's just like a difference in mentality potentially and yeah no i i get it so and yeah yeah, some and especially as a goalie yeah it's it's better to sometimes not dwell on the things you did wrong right just kind of move past it or that sort of thing yeah um i don't know just from what i've seen with mike smith is this obvious like if this was like the first or second occurrence of it, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Brush it off kind of thing. But through Arizona, like Phoenix at the time, right? Through Calgary, through Edmonton. And before, I guess he didn't really, it wasn't as much. It was really in Phoenix that he That's really started to take off, right? Yeah. But you see this happen a few cool. times throughout a season. Yeah, that's where you maybe should be going. Yeah, I'm actually not gonna try that anymore. Yeah. So, and this is completely different, probably as well. If he does the, you know, what you're taught to do typically, of throw it around the boards to somebody else, not send it straight up the middle. Yeah, the straight up the middle is is <laughs> that's the here, issue but, yeah. here, and that's where it's uh yeah. But we move on. It's like, dude, you sent the puck straight up the middle. Yeah. Anybody else would be hung for that. Oh yeah. <laughs> right? Like you're, like yeah, exactly. you're getting off easy here. Yeah. And you shouldn't be anymore. So, that's just yeah. That's just my opinion. I even like as a Flames fan, I was actually excited when Mike Smith was coming to Calgary and whatnot. But just like the more I've seen of him like through Calgary, through Edmonton, I'm just like, dude, you got to take some like legitimate responsibility for when you screw your team. Yeah. So, no, for sure. Um so, sorry, when, when you were talking there, I, I glanced over at the uh, at the game because yeah. I have the, the Oilers-Kings yeah. game on, obviously. And um, I, I don't know if you heard it, but definitely on the replay, like I audibly like gasped and Kulak got lit the fuck up by somebody. <laughs> like he got hit and like all of a sudden he was upside down. Like oh, his geez. legs were fucking in the air. Like beautiful open ice hit. So... <laughs> But I just like looked and saw that and I was like, holy shit. So uh, I'm going to have to try and, try and find a clip of it after because it, it's got to be there. It was a huge yeah. hit. Um, okay, we are running pretty long. So do we want to talk are, yeah. about Tuesday and put big D energy in place of what's quacking? I know that's two episodes in a row without what's quacking, but <laughs> yeah, sure. we're, we're going yeah. pretty long here. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, Thank you for sticking with us if if you've been watching or listening or that this yeah, whole absolutely. time. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hopefully um, it's entertaining. Yeah. Let's uh or do um, we want to take I'm, a break before going into Tuesday? Uh yeah, sure. Yeah, let's actually do that. Um what ad do we got? I think we're uh, on we, we did the Sabres one last time. Yes. 
Yeah, so we're on. Okay, we're on this one. Run the yeah, bees. So, yeah, that'll be the it. bees, I not the bees. <laughs> yeah, well, and when we get to Tuesday, we'll kind of just pick and choose the series I think we want to talk yeah. about because there's two like I kind of don't really there, give a shit about, but there's yeah. there's two that I know we'll have some good discussion about. So, All right, um, but yeah, we'll we'll do a quick break first. Hi, in case you're not from Brazil, where we are now very famous, allow us to introduce ourselves. We're Cam. All Canada division that is Canada. <laughs> the all Canada. Chris. You trade those two guys for a clone machine and you clone Trent Frederick and you have a whole fourth line of Trent Fredericks. And Drew. Didn't they didn't he drop a Not not like actually take a but the guy said Our podcast kind of definitely started out as a joke and we've decided to keep it that way. But that's why we surround ourselves with smart people who really know what they're talking about. Game and a half that she played, she looked so dominant and just such a good, a good spot on this team. And uh, he'll take off in terms of being more active in the mm-hmm. zone and, and, you know, be more active in the transition game. Because there is so much involved with technical development and physical development and injuries that can really impact it. So, so tune in. The Bruins and Bruins, Bruins, Bruins yeah, podcast, in the hockey podcast network podcast, presented by Bruins Diehard. So, the let's start with the I think the two series that will, were, were at least in my opinion the most exciting and um, probably also kind of the most shocking. Um, Let's start with the Penguins and Rangers series. The uh, that the Penguins took four three game mm-hmm. one uh, went to triple overtime. <laughs> was long, <laughs> yeah, was a very long game. <laughs> we had three goalies in that one: Shesterkin, um, and then DeSmith for most of it, and then Louis mm-hmm. Domingue went in for um, in in the second overtime in place of DeSmith there, um, yeah. which I think it was just. Like cramping is kind of what I heard. Yeah, DeSmith was cramping up. Which yeah, so not like a that's serious. That's not a injury, fun but... time. That's not a no. fun time. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. But I, I did not think the Penguins were gonna take this one. But I mean, they were throwing everything they had at Tristurkin, which I think was a good uh, strategy, and it obviously paid off for them. Because dude, they were Tristurkin le- had seventy nine saves. They were legitimately throwing everything. Now, <laughs> the. So we we know the shots of 83 to 68 in favor of the Penguins. Mm-hmm. The Penguins had 141 shot attempts. Yeah, that's a lot. And I mean, like... <laughs> that's ridiculous. You, you think about it, they basically played two games, but still 70 shot attempts yeah. in, in, that's like, a in lot. 60 minutes, that's still a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Igor Shesterkin making 79 saves is now the second is now second all time for saves in a playoff game. Yeah, because the record's 86, right? Uh, let me double check. But I believe it was was that Corpusalo in Columbus. I believe a, so. A couple seasons in, ago, with that in that uh, five that, overtime. Was it five or was it seven? No, 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 it wasn't seven. I think it was five. Okay. Um. Yeah. Let me I, I think it was seventh the longest game. Or something like that. Um, most saves playoff. Yeah. My 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 guess is eighty six. If we're taking bets on this, um, where to go here? Where to go here? Uh, 
Yeah, Jonas Corbisalo with 85. 85, okay. Yep. August 11th, 2020, the Lightning 3, the Blue Jackets 2. Um, yeah, so now Kelly Rudy's record that had stood from 87 to 2020 has now dropped to third place where he made 73 saves uh, as a member of the New York Islanders against the Washington Capitals. Hmm. So, dang. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. no, that's <laughs> crazy. Um, I think this is going to be another long series. I Yeah. It's yeah, it's gonna be a battle. It's it's gonna be the high powered. We're not giving up because this could be the last chance we get penguins. And the mm-hmm. my name is Igor Shosturkin and I am everybody's daddy. New York <laughs> Rangers. <laughs> there was uh there was that NHL like the playoff commercial going around. I don't know if you saw it, and it has Crosby and Malkin together, and it's they want one more together, followed up by Claude Giroux for Florida saying he just wants one. And I'm like Oh man, that hurts in a few different ways. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen a few different ones like that. I've seen like a an all Canadian one, and there was one where it's like, um, I want it back, and then it's like, uh, and it's Bergeron, and then it's um, two Kings players, and it's like they want it back, and then it's the Lightning. It's like they want it back to back to back to back. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm like, (laughs) damn, that's actually like a a pretty fire line. (laughs) Yeah, really. Like, like if there's an NHL. like a, a specific NHL rapper out there where you rap about things going on in hockey, like you need to use that line in your next track because that, that's fucking yeah. fire. <laughs> so do you think we see many more overtime games in the Penguins Rangers series? I could see a, I feel like we're going to see two more. I don't know about the length of them, but I feel like we're seeing yeah. two more at least. I yeah, still I, have, I, the, we'll I saw the Rangers, ones, I still have the Rangers coming out of this series though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. But I, I think we're yeah. in for some very close games. Yeah, I think I think so. we are. Yeah. Uh, Flame Stars one nothing. Uh, Mark Strom gets <laughs> just adds another shutout to this year. Yeah. Um, all for the, what was playoffs. it like 16, 16 save shutouts? So like not the biggest one of his season, but obviously shutouts a shutout. So yeah, sixteen saves. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Flames held the Stars scoreless. I think until it was like eleven minutes into the game. Or shotless. Sorry, not scoreless. Shotless. shotless. Okay. Yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure they held them scoreless yeah. for the, the whole game, but <laughs> but yeah, shotless oh, for wow. I think like the first eleven minutes of the game. It they yeah. like, the flames just took over right away. Like within the first thirty seconds, you already had two or three massive hits from flames players and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And in the end, it came yeah, it just came down to one shot, a five second power play for the Calgary Flames that had Elias Lindholm uh mm-hmm. scoring the eventual game winner in the first period. So yeah. yeah, it was I, a it was a tight game. Um, once the Flames kind of realized, I think that they weren't going to just you know start throwing up goals like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. It was okay. We have the one goal lead. Let's just take it to them, wear them down, yeah. and we'll hold on to this. So yeah, I, I'm I'm, I re- to, I'm really excited for this series. Yeah, I wanted to ask you a little bit about that because that there's always like one or two teams, and and generally it's they make it all the way to the finals where they're like it, it's the quote unquote boring hockey where like you get a lead and then you just hold the lead and just yeah. play like the safest, most boring defensive hockey that everyone has ever seen. And I yeah. tuned in for the third period of this game and that's mostly what I saw. And that might've just been the third period. I don't know. So that's mm. why I kind of want to know, but do you think that that's what the flames are going to do in this series is just like play that, that boring style of hockey of like, okay, let's get a goal early and then just kind of hold the lead. So like, it's, we're going to see lots of like 
one nothing, two nothing, two one type of games? No, I don't think so because I, I feel like the last half of the third period, things really started to open up. It was back and forth, both ways going. Mm-hmm. But it's I don't know the, the best description because yeah, the the boring hockey from Daryl Sutter is not that's not the first time I've heard that. It's a consistent thing throughout the season. Yeah, it's always just it's boring for the other team is what it is. Yeah, yeah. If you're spectating for the other team or that sort of thing, but if you're spectating as somebody following along with the Flames, right? Um, it's you. You notice certain things in the game that just make it exciting throughout, right? Mm. It's uh, Lucic with an offensive chance, considering that he's more of a body guy at this point, right? Yeah. It's uh, it's it's the play down low of that top three of Lindholm, Kachuk, and Gaudreau, which again, all three of those guys had forty goals this year, mm-hmm. right? Which is just nuts to think about as well. Um, Markstrom is. You, you want to watch a solid, steady goaltender, that's the guy to watch, I feel oh, like, at sure. this point. Yeah. Um, no, he's and locked the, in. And I, I, yeah. I've always kind of enjoyed shitting on Markstrom for his time in Calgary, but then I thought, like, in this game, they showed him, because his last playoff appearance was, or not his last, but, like, his last, oh, no, yeah, his last, or his last big one, anyways, was in yeah. Vancouver. Mm-hmm, in the bubble, um, yeah. In the bubble, yeah. And I was like, damn, like, he was actually really solid in those playoffs. And like the team in front of him wasn't even that good, but they went to the conference finals. He's the last goalie to knock out a defending cup champ. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that was, <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Um, I had a thought there. Oh yeah. So in this game, I was like, okay, like he's locked in and this isn't just going to be a one-off. Like yeah. thinking back to that time in Vancouver, that's insane. Um, I also had my doubts about the Flames going into the playoffs just because of their track record. And mm-hmm. like they're, they're kind of, in my mind, because I like to focus on the bad things that the Flames do, they're like the Leafs light where it's like, oh, they're an easy exit for the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they make it to the second round, then they're an easy, easier exit for the second round. But then when I saw them play that like, the Daryl Sutter boring shutdown hockey that, you know, teams tend to maybe lean more towards in the playoffs. I was like, you know what? This team might actually have, like, they, they might have something. Mm-hmm. And that that hurts my soul. It makes me want to, like, gouge my eyes out just saying that. But, like, it's from uh, from a Flames haters perspective, like, that was a solid game. And if they play that way for, like, the rest of the playoffs, they have a legitimate shot of at least making it to the finals yeah uh i mean daryl sutter did it with a honestly a lesser team in 2004 and Mm. he did do it with two teams in excuse me in three seasons with the la kings in 2012 and 2014 so it's it is proven to work so yeah um and both teams really were at a disadvantage for two-thirds of the game both were running five defensemen after the first period because oh, right. Rasmus Anderson and uh, Klingberg uh, both got into a secondary fight, which is an automatic game misconduct. You're gone. So mm-hmm. both those teams were without top pairing defensemen. Yeah. And, and they're so. saying on the broadcast too that Dallas generally only runs four defensemen anyways. Like they have yeah. six <laughs> on the bench, but like they kind of just run their top two pairings. And I think it was... Hawkenpaw, uh, former duck, shout out there. I think it was him that kind of filled in for that 
in that the, the place of um, yeah, I think so. Klingberg, because he he got, saw a lot of minutes when I was watching mm-hmm. that game, and, and I thought he was solid, which makes me sad because I love Hackenpah, and he's I, I used to love watching him here. So yeah, Hackenpah, uh, exactly eighteen minutes in that game. Okay. Uh, yeah. The yeah, Heiskanen had three seconds off of a full half game. Oh shit! Um, I'm just trying to see. Uh, Ryan Suter, who I actually forgot he was in Dallas until I was watching that game last <laughs> right? night. Uh, 25-46. Uh, Lindell had 22-10 as well in that game. So, yeah, yeah. Hockenpah was a bit more in that second that second line at that point still, which I, I believe he's normally at. But um, he was definitely a presence out there. Three blocks, a hit, two shots on nets, two penalty minutes as well. So, which, I mean, that's that's another thing too. With like the first couple of days, is refs are calling even more than the regular season. It feels like, yeah. Did, did I you get that feeling kind too? Of, absolutely. I think they're just trying to set a precedent. That, that's exactly what it feels now, like. And, it's and, carried over into tonight as well. Yeah, uh, and from what I've seen, but and that's that's my only thing is it, it sets the precedent. You have to maintain this now through the end of the finals. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they'll, realistically, I think it'll taper off a little bit, but it's not going to be each side gets a power play a game. It's, you get the obvious ones and maybe a maybe a bonus for like, I'm assuming three-ish, maybe three penalties. Yeah. So like, just for, as an example, because I was paying more closely, paying attention more closely to the game one of Oilers and Kings, there was five on each side. For mm-hmm. that game, and I think for most of the other ones, it was three or four, maybe five. But I think they'll let some more things go, but they're still gonna, you know, give early power plays to some of the teams, and just to kind of shut things down, and be like, "Hey, remember we are calling penalties in, in yeah. this playoff. Let's take it back." And then they'll they'll kind of let them play for a little bit, and then they might give an obvious one or like you know give coincidental minors or or whatever. But. Yeah. Yeah, so there was a, it's still game management, but it's it's similar to what we've seen in the regular season. Yeah, there there was definitely a few calls for either like for both sides, Calgary and Dallas. Which you know me, mm-hmm. I am able to separate myself from who's playing and that kind of thing, and look at the game yeah. objectively. There were a lot of you really called that calls for both sides, mm-hmm. but then there was a lot of things that should have been called that were let go on both sides. It's yeah. It's like okay, I get it. We're we're trying to call more mm. things. That's great, but like call the stuff that actually matters, not the yeah. hold that's not really a hold or that kind of thing, right? Yeah. But like call the trip that is a blatant trip. Yeah. That you're letting go. So. Yeah, I, I think well, you guys just got the shitty refs <laughs> for that game. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I won't comment too far into that. I just, yeah. <laughs> the the big thing for me is if you're going to set this precedent for the first few nights, you got to be consistent with that for the rest of the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. If it becomes the rule book gets thrown out the window, then you essentially have three different seasons, right? Of mm-hmm. officiating, which, and, and then nobody, how is any, yeah, exactly. How is anybody supposed to know what they can and can't do, what they can and can't get yeah. away with? Yeah, exactly. So, um, the other two series that uh, started on Tuesday, 
I, I don't have anything to say about this one. The Avalanche and the Predators, 7-2 final, 5 nothing after the first period, as you put in here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, that's that's what I expected. So Yeah, fr- from what I could see, uh, remember, UC Saros is currently out right now for the Predators um, and will miss at least the first round with a high ankle sprain. Um, mm. And so it could potentially be the entire season, right? If the Avalanche have their way with this series. Uh, so you have David yeah. Riddick in that, which I was watching the replays after on the goals. And it, it was definitely a mix of all the team in front of him could have helped him out in that case. And there was one or two that was like, yeah, it's a bit more on Riddick. But yeah. um, I was laughing though at one point it was four nothing. Forget who it was for the Avalanche was about to get a breakaway, and you just see David Riddick streak out from the left side of your screen and take away the puck, and he's like out of the blue line, and there's an Avalanche player behind him, and it's just like, what? <laughs> I, I sent it in a group chat, and I'm like, Big Save Dave really said, "Fine, I'll do it myself." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, fifth goal against and Connor uh, Ingram, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, goes in and plays a solid enough game, and only two uh, goals against. Yeah, only two goals against. So, yeah. Um, the other one, Capitals Panthers four um, two. From what I, excuse me, from what I saw, it was like a fairly back and forth game. Um, Capitals just had a little more skipping their step for the first one, maybe. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, I expect this one to go for quite a few games because the Capitals are like the Penguins, where they're not going to go away, and the Panthers are like. No, go away. Yeah. I, I saw one tweet that was, uh, how do you, the first team to clinch a playoff spot, the President's Trophy winners, lose game one to the Washington retirement home? <laughs> <laughs> I could chuckle about that one. But, uh, I mean, I, it would have been nice for myself, for the Panthers to win. That's the only game out of the three-game parlay that I set that I lost. Oh, yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, I didn't... I didn't really see a whole lot out of that game so i can't really comment too much uh on it but yeah that mm-hmm. abs predators one uh it was just the avalanche having their way so uh yeah. game two is tomorrow night for that one it'll be interesting to see how the predators respond so mm-hmm. yeah for sure um okay well uh, i guess that's all the series that we covered there um quick update on what's going on tonight Four two wild over the blues but uh, halfway through the third-ish. I'm rounding. Um, the other two games we talked about were finals. Uh, the second period just ended for the Oilers and Kings. Oilers up 3 nothing on the Kings in that one now. And one more update as well. The Ontario Reign and San Diego Gulls are just starting the third period. We're literally 30 seconds in. Uh, it's 4-2 Ontario. Okay. Still a close game. Still anyone's game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, the uh, clip I have selected for this week's uh, big dick energy move here um, is actually more of a big Nick energy move. Hey, that uh, probably doesn't make sense if because nobody knows what clip I'm talking about. I mean, I know Nate does, but <laughs> it's uh, it's actually a really bad pun. But we're throwing it back to uh, the good old days back when we had Nick Delorier on our team, and boy. I hope we bring this guy back, like Derek Grant yeah. style. Like ship him off for a playoff run, bring him back. Ship him off for a playoff run and bring him back. Because, and this was from uh, last night's this. game, correct? Yes, yes, it was. So St. Louis, Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. Or uh, I guess two nights ago. Or oh yeah, I guess. Yeah. From two or, nights ago. Yeah. Yeah, two nights ago. Yeah. So this was um uh posted on Reddit by 
you know what? I actually don't know who the user is, and it's full screen already, so I'll, I'll plug it after. Um, but um, yeah, this is Derek Grant in in all of his glory here. And yeah, uh, that's all I'll say for now. Some rough stuff. We got a fight. The Laurier going right after a Blues player. Barbershop ends up on top of the hand, and all heck's broken loose. That's the linesman talking. Nick, no, 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 Nick, no. Oh boy. My favorite I've got part. Four is, games to fucking kill you. My favorite part, though, is he says four games, right? Meaning mm-hmm. that, yeah, like I think at that point, um, like the Blues looked like they were going to be taking that game, right? Yeah. I got four games, meaning. We like we aren't done. That is confidence. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> but also I got four games to fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah, like if you're if you're not watching the video version of this, you're you're really missing out just for the the crazy eyes that Delorier oh, yeah. has in this he, clip. He is ready to murder yeah. somebody. He, like he's not joking. It's not just like I've got. It, it's not like he's just saying those words. He means those words. Oh yeah, like absolutely. I'm gonna see if I can get a. A screen. Oh, there we go. That is perfect. Look <laughs> at this. I'm going to bring it back up. He, he is so ready. He is Look so ready. Look at how unhinged he is. Holy shit. If the shit. linesman does, isn't restraining him, yeah. he would have someone's head. And, th- yeah. and that brings me back to just like, I remember seeing somebody say like, like after the trade deadline. Now imagine being Kirill Kaprizov. You can go out and do your thing and just know that if anybody touches you, Nick Delorier is ready to kill them. <laughs> like yeah. he is teetering, waiting to kill somebody. Exactly, exactly. And like the the tone in the ref's voice or the linesman, I guess in this case, his voice. It's like um, somebody in the the comments. Uh, I don't care enough to go back and find out who it was, but <laughs> they um, they compared it to like when you're. Um, when you're out with your buddies and you like at the bar or whatever, and there's always that one guy that's like just looking like, in, to, to get into everybody. a fight, and you have to hold him back. It's like, no, no, like calm down, like look at me, look at me. Just like, <laughs> I've been no, that guy. We, we're good, we're good, we're good. Yeah, <laughs> but like, not I, I not, not that I'm the one with crazy eyes. I'm the one who's no, no. holding somebody back, being like, yeah, yeah. Dude, dude, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the linesman is like he knows like Nick Delorier is gonna beat the piss out of somebody if he's not there and he's he's like got to calm him down he's got to be like nick like look <laughs> yeah. me in the eyes and just like calm down <laughs> like he's he's almost at the point where like the linesman's like i, I do i kiss this guy just to like yeah. you know make him think about something else like what do, what do i do <laughs> what do i do here like that looks like like that that just that i'm so stuck on that quote specifically like mm-hmm. not even the rest of what's going on that quote specifically i'm like I didn't realize we were filming Goon 3 during the 2022 NHL playoffs. Yeah, right. Like, that feels like something that would come out of like that movie series. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And Doug Glad um, would come back with something like, uh, I'll, I don't know, I'll make you a pastry or something like that. Will that make you feel better? Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and just enrage them even more, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I got four games to kill you. I'm sorry you feel that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This was posted, by the way, uh, user kook for a day on uh, on Reddit. So uh, on the Anaheim Ducks subreddit as well. So if you if you're on there, you've probably seen it. But yeah. Um, man, I, yeah, I want Nick Deloria back, just yeah. as that presence. 
right? Mm-hmm. Because that does help, right? Like, yes, the age of the enforcer has kind of gone by the by the wayside, but you still you still need that tough guy that can contribute in so, like sometimes in points, right? But just yeah. even that morale guy in the room and that sort of thing. Like there are intangibles that are beneficial. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the the comment that I referenced actually came from the the same guy. He was responding oh, okay. to someone else's comment, but he says, uh, "Well, yeah." Um, uh, he he quoted the comment before that said that linesman that linesman sounded scared for his life, and, <laughs> and then Cook for a day said, "Well, yeah, D'Lo is fucking large and nuts. Kind of reminds me of if you had." quote, crazy friends in high school who like to fight and never had to break one up to help your friend avoid getting in trouble. Fun time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had friends like that as well that, yeah, you're you're at the bar with them. They're ready to fight somebody and you're like, dude, no, we're yeah. not doing this tonight. <laughs> I'm not dealing with the cops tonight. We're not doing this. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that is maybe a different kind of, uh, you know, big Nick energy move than we're used to. But that's, yeah. uh, I mean... I've got four games to fucking kill you. That that right there. A big energy move. It's a what now? A big energy move. One more time. A big energy move. Actually, sorry. One more time because he's got four. A big energy move. There we go. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that wraps up this episode of the Quack Report. Yeah, we are at two hours <laughs> yeah damn that, i think that's the longest i don't think we've ever hit two hours have we i, I think we have once before i know we've gotten Maybe. close but yeah. of course it's yeah there's nothing going on in terms of ducks like whatsoever yeah. but we still find stuff to talk about so yeah I, I think it's like the oh well, like we don't have like like it's the break from the regular structure right yeah Where it's like oh well we don't have the games to talk about and you know, up, like we don't have like, okay, we got to hit this by this time. It's just kind of, okay, go. Yeah, let's just, yeah, just go so, for it. So, yeah, but yeah, it'll be good. I, I'm yeah, excited sure. for these playoffs just all around. So what are, mm-hmm. you know, okay, let me ask you one more question here. Yeah. So I'm going to take myself out of the Flames and Stars and mm-hmm. you're going to take yourself out of the Oilers and Kings. Okay. One series from the West and the East that you're trying to pay attention to. Uh, in the West? Um... I think the next most enticing one to me is the Wild and the Blues because, I mean, look at what we just saw from Nick Delorier. Like, those yeah. teams hate each other already, and they, yeah. they've been battling all season. But um, So, yeah, I think that's one. I, I've also been following the Flames and the Stars mostly because I want the Flames to be miserable, but also I'm, like, kind of scoping out the potential second-round Battle yeah. of Alberta matchup there a little bit. So, uh, But I, I'm going to go with Wild and Blues for my Western Conference. For the East... I think I think Rangers and Penguins is a good one, but I'm actually the most excited for Hurricanes and Bruins because Ooh, the okay. little bits I've seen, those teams are they've got some fire already. I think the Bruins are getting aggravated with getting shit stomped by the Hurricanes a lot, so yeah. they're they're trying they're playing that chippy game more so than they already do. Um and I think it's starting to get under the Canes skin and they're kind of retaliating. So it's mm-hmm. uh that that already looks like a conference final matchup, and it's game two of round one. Yeah, so that's fair. Yeah, I think that's my my Eastern Conference pick. Also, okay. I have the Canes. Um, I have money on them to win the cup. So there's there's a little bit of that bias yeah. there, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, what about you? Uh, I I was thinking the Wild and Blues as well, but because you took it, I will change my answer because I'm still looking at this anyway. I'm looking mm. at the Avalanche and Preds just because the Preds are 
kind of down right now, right? Like they're at yeah. this point, they're on their third goalie. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm more watching it just to see how quick the Avalanche can go through the Predators. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just want to see like how fast they can dispatch them. Yeah, uh, like can they score enough goals in three games to make the yeah. <laughs> Preds just forfeit the fourth yeah, one? <laughs> exactly. And in the East, I'm watching that Lightning and Maple Leafs one because you have that team mm-hmm. that has such lofty expectations against the back-to-back uh, Stanley Cup champions. Yeah, Ooh, both of those. Both I of those think are hungry could. Teams. I think could do it again. Still, I think they could yeah. repeat. It's Absolutely. possible. So, yeah, for sure. Um, Canes actually are down to their third goalie as well. Ranta left the game with an injury today. Oof. They uh, yeah, like and you Kocheka saw that one or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. And but, uh, what what happened the last time the Hurricanes went with a rookie goaltender in the playoffs? Two thousand six, they win a cup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not so, saying it's going to be the exact same matchup. I'm not. I'm not trying to make it dig, but I'm just like, history has a way of repeating itself sometimes. Yeah. So if you never yeah. know, right? Like I'm sure Hurricanes fans are realizing that and going, "Wait a second! Wait a second! Wait! Wait! Wait a second! <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, <laughs> there, there's there could be some very scary parallels. Like, yeah. Mike Smith is the goalie that you know drug this team from the bottom into a playoff spot, like in the second half of the year potentially could go down with an injury in the conference finals rookie goaltender in carolina seven game series i mean that was 15 no 16 years ago so yeah yeah i don't know like there's some more parallels you could draw if that was a potential matchup and i I don't like the possible outcome (laughs) (laughs) so but yeah okay well nate where uh uh, i don't know what did we talk about this episode i don't know how can they where can you send me your games that you're watching? Uh, sure. Like what, like what matchups you're watching? You can send those to me at on or on uh, ah, on Twitter. It's time to wrap <laughs> this up. You can send those to me on at Twitter. Jeez, I'm still fucking it up. <laughs> Shoot me on Twitter <laughs> at Tate Namas. T A T E N H O M A S. Man, this is why we can't do two hour episodes because, no. like, by the end of it, we we just can't speak. No, um, and I was already struggling to like wake up this morning to start yeah. with. So like, yeah. Oh yeah, I, it done. was. I was I'm the done. same. I was the same way on Monday. Like three hours, basically nonstop, except when you were in of like me having to say words and yeah. It, it's so I'm on like hour five of <laughs> podcasting. Well, no, because we recorded on Sunday too. This on is like Sunday, hour yeah. seven because that was almost a two hour episode. This is hour seven of podcasting this week. So yeah, because you went over two hours on that uh, or over three hours. Sorry on that uh, on that stream and yeah, what just a, over two, yeah yeah two thirds of it you did on your own. So which by the way you did a great stream that day. So. Ah, thanks. Yeah. yeah, it was a lot of fun. I definitely want to get another one in there. Um, hopefully the series is still going on next week, but I will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can follow myself at Carter underscore Potts, P-O-T-T-S underscore 97 to find out when I will be doing another watch along. Um, I, I mean, even if the Oilers and Kings series is done, I'd still like to get another one in. So mm-hmm. if that series is over, you can also DM me what series you'd maybe like me to cover. That would uh, that would be fun. Or us. Maybe we, yeah. we could do one together next week. Um, but yeah, again, at Carter underscore Potts, P-O-T-T-S underscore 97 there, at Tate Namas for the other guy, and at Quack Report Pod on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch, where you can follow us. Be sure to subscribe and like videos there on YouTube, and that's about it, I think. All right, we'll see you next time.